Beard Talk Live. Oi fucking oi. We, we are here, and this is where we are. You have found the song that completely sums up what is in my heart about the FCC. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's an oldie but a goodie uh, from uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Anthrax. Uh, that is what I, uh, I call it a thrash ballad because... You know, there used to be there used to be the power ballad from all like the '80s glam bands, mm-hmm. right? You know, like if you wrote a power ballad, you sold some records. You know, uh, thrash bands never really gave a fuck about that. But I find it interesting they did like a country twangy ballad as a giant middle finger to at the time what was the PMRC, okay. the Parental Music Resource Center. I'm going to ask you to maybe break my heart. What's that? What did Anthrax do in the propagandemic? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they certainly didn't tour. If they did, it wasn't in the U.S. There were a bunch of metal bands that kept touring outside okay, of the U.S. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. And uh, beautiful. During the propagandemic, there were a bunch of metal bands that kept touring, but just not in the U.S. You know, everything shut down music-wise, live music-wise, everything shut down, man. You know, people are like, oh, well, everything didn't get shut down. An entire fucking industry got shut down so this brings up something i didn't get to talk about right. we were asked for amnesty <laughs> am nasty a am nasty mm. mm. that's that was the framing that they used yeah it's not like keep score about who <sighs> killed whose grandmother and then convinced them that if they went to her funeral they would be locked up and you know maybe tortured so so much of my life is uh, spent now either uh, memeing, re-memeing, or looking for new memes. Uh, it's a you know a side hobby of mine. Uh, the one that I think summed it up the best was the one that was like, they're not asking you for amnesty. They're issuing themselves forgiveness is what they're doing. Ooh. Yeah, so they're like, oh, oh yeah, uh, we're sorry. Uh, you know, mistakes were made on both sides. That kind so of thing. So that only works when you have total control of the media people actually consume. I mean, yeah, there's only like what six companies that own everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, I mean, well, if if you are not consuming the other seven billion people on the planet's uh, works of art and oh. information hang on just a second because uh uh beard one and beard two are here beard three are you with us uh nobody can hear you can you hear nobody we can i indeed. can hear nobody and uh your beard is really? glorious as well as well as mine and yours too peakless it is it is in fact beardly this is the power tree of beardum. i like it nobody do you remember uh you know in the 80s something called the pmrc the parental music resource oh yeah actually i was very impressed with d snyder Mm -hmm. uh during that kerfluffle uh because he actually went to congress and put on a i i can't i can't remember if he put on a suit but uh he 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 went in and he basically stated a a very effective anti-censorship case. Yeah, nice. it was it was epic too. Like one of the things D. Snyder sort of became outside of his musical career became known for was that. Man, and I, I kind of want to look up that footage because and, D. Snyder in a courthouse seems like something to see. I mean, okay, we can do that uh, in in Congress. Wow, they were yeah, having hearings on basically letting the government control what the music industry could publish. 
Yes, um, something came out came out called uh, the the PMRC. One thing they wanted: there are advisories now on some albums to parents, uh, saying you might want to think twice about letting your kid listen to this. Mm. But good, those double sales reliably. So right about that time. Um, Anthrax uh, had released this song called Starting Up a Posse, which is uh, directly uh, a rip on the PMRC. They, he mentions it lyrically. They mention the PMRC by name uh, and that kind of a thing. Uh, and it is basically uh, you know, a song that would never get actual airplay because it's sort of a play. Uh, we've talked here on Beard Talk Live about uh, George Carlin's seven words, right? Uh, shit, piss. Fuck, motherfucker tits. Right. So, but Anthrax had their own. Which is obviously not an words. exhaustive list. I mean, you can't say fuck on the radio. Right. That's a fact. Everyone knows it. But Anthrax sort of uh, made their own list. It's combined of some words from Carlin's list, but uh, they're the ones the PMRC was specifically after, which was. Unless that uh, radio is a Wi Fi. Anyway. Shit, fuck, Satan, death, sex, drugs, rape. Mm. Right? Those are the words quote-unquote they were trying to take right hmm. they didn't want you to be able to publish uh, in addition to updated like, list r- well or just a, a more uh sort of uh you know religious right coming down and telling everybody what they think you know they ought to be able to read you know uh, it was a very religious driven uh program uh and anthrax made that song so i wanted it popped into my head sometime this week i was like oh yeah i'll use that for beard talk live that'll be a a, a good lunch pad hmm I have, I, I found the full video, but it's 30 minutes long. We're not going to watch the full video. I'm looking for a clip. Of, yeah, definitely. Of D. Snyder right this very well, second. It is. Are you able to project it from there? I'm not seeing an image from you, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. All I've got rolling is the um, Beard Talk Live logo. And then I've just activated the camera switcher. I don't know if I'll be able to project the video, but I would assume you'll be able to hear the audio. Yeah, usually you you can screencast, um, and so you just you just play the video where you're screencasting. Oh, I see. So the public can see it too. I got you. Uh, I haven't found the right video yet. So uh, carry on, my wayward sons. Uh, censorship. Uh, fucking sucks, and it has sucked for a long time. <laughs> okay, so there are two Government fundamental ways totally of solutions. Uh, <laughs> so there are two fundamental solutions to a problem yeah. with another person: hit them or talk to them. Everything's just variations on that, okay. or not solve uh, well, it. But no, that gets there's a third. Awful. There's a third issue, which is disassociate. And how are you going to do that? Oh, well, you either talk to them and say, okay, my line is here. Don't go past this line. Or you hit them every time that they pass the line. Um, well, the, the, I mean, the former is, or the latter is is kind of a given in most most relationships. I mean, if if somebody is incessantly touching me in an unwanted way, I'm going to make that person bleed. Mm. Uh, The the only exception to that is uh, 
in a state where they're backed up by such a massive gang that you can't fight back. Um, And that's pretty much just the police. Mm. Well, the military, too. Yeah, no. You know, basically, if you fight back against a minorish assault by them, you're they will declare war and there's no question about it. They'll kill you. Nobody. If you look at the screen, can you see this cunt in red? Uh, I think the text shows her name. I don't see anything on, on right. my line. I don't think you're broadcasting on this uh, way. Yeah, probably not. Hopefully you hear the audio. Here we go. Claimed there was an you. underlying sexual message in the lyrics. Your hands are tied. Your legs are strapped. A light shines in your eyes. You faintly see a razor's edge. You we open your mouth to cry. After comes. deconstructing the meaning of the song to Al Gore, Snyder told him, Ms. Gore was looking for sadomasochism and bondage, and she found it. The room went quiet for a second, and all you could hear were the clicks of photojournalist cameras and a rumbling of laughter. Al Gore seemed to be thrown off his game, too, simply replying, Yeah. And then moved on to a different line of questioning. Snyder later told the Huffington Post that he enjoyed the raw hatred I saw in El Gore's eyes when I said Tipper Gore had a dirty mind. Hair Rock won, the man, zero. (laughs) So, yeah. Isn't it a bitch that most of those guys are raging on behalf of the machine now? Yeah. No, that's why I was saying I am asking you to maybe break my heart. Did Anthrax bow before the power of the state? I don't know the answer to your question. And that worse yet, an so many thing. bands called for all of us. Yeah, I know. I, I know a whole bunch of musicians. You know that, that like, thing that you know, love and value? Stop listening to it. Young, for my sake. Neil Young. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I mean, this guy, the whole 60s, do you, do you know how, the, how the, the youth movement of the 60s more or less started? It was basically a group called the Students for a Democratic Society, ironic today. Yeah, it was a war protest, uh, right? Well, it was a free speech protest. Ah, okay. Uh, one of the things that they were doing is saying uh, George Carlin's Seven Deadly Words uh, over the school rate or the the campus radio, right? And uh, the powers that be, of course, didn't like that. Still don't. Um, and uh, and that was one of the things that started to get people uh, up in arms. Now, of course, Jim Crow was still going on, so there was all of that. Uh, so there were other things stewing on other burners. Um, that would eventually ignite. And then, of course, the biggest thing that that the bloomers had is the bloom. There were just so many of them that it was uncontrollable. There weren't enough adults with <laughs> guns to make them stop. <laughs> and And they were just demographically very, very lucky. And well, and, actually well, and you also have to things. look at just the, the, the simple raw mathematical fact of what happens when you exist in a uh, Republican-ish democracy and there is a enormous shift in, in the age of the population. Like suddenly there's this yeah. bubble of this uh, uh, like demographic. Yeah. Like this chunk mm-hmm. of people now has 
all of the voting power. And that's why that group of people thinks that they can do no wrong, because basically they voted for that to be legally true. Um, you know, the things they want to do will will always be legal until they die. Um, the things they don't want to do that many other people may want to do, well, those are the things that, that are uh, illegal. Hmm. Well, as it stands today, the government exists to feed the young to the old. Yes. That's... Oh, I want to put yeah. that's that sounds like the root of a prophecy. We should talk about that. Well, it certainly it certainly has enslaved uh, the unborn, right? Like yeah. as, as soon as a, a new child is born, is, uh, is this yeah. an so, abortion? So here's some details I didn't okay. get to get into when we were talking about banking. Yeah. So what this fucking does is it perpetually makes the future impoverished to the present. It does. You are yes. feeding off of the people who you are supposed to give everything to and for. Right, yeah, the next generation. You're cutting yourself a nice, juicy slice of your own children to feed on in your hmm. age. That's a great description, nobody. fantastic. <laughs> so there's a word from him that I'd like to share. I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray. Ooh. But I know who holds tomorrow. A- anyway, it's... That line, though, is absolutely perfect for what we are seeing now. It's an apt description. They are stealing the sunshine from the future. There which a- is an absolute inversion of how we have survived as a species is by like, hey, people before us figured stuff out that we do still. And left the world better for the next out, gen. Yeah, go ahead. I think how to teach economics to leftists. Teach Ooh. it. I'm, I'm in. I want to hear it. Teach it in the context of energy work, because that's exactly what it is. Oh, shit. He's right. <laughs> energy work, huh? Huh. But they look at themselves as energy workers, but they can't recognize that if they took all the energy they spent fighting other people on economic issues and instead took that and used it to make things better, they would they would solve so much the problems yeah. that they claim to care about way faster that that way yeah. than they ever could. I mean, what if the entire uh, the entire budget of the Democratic Party went to charity and none of it went to war? Right. Or just you the know? entire war budget of all the countries in the world. What if that all went to like human aid, right? Education. Yeah. Instead know? of killing your people, yeah. I'm going to help mine. Right. Well, and it, and it works you know? perfectly to the human body because it's just that the what the economy is the actual economy of the actual market. What it is, is the reward system of our body. Mm. But the thing that a lot of libertarians don't recognize is how corrupt it is. They'll they'll argue mm. for for corporations that could only exist in the current market. I mean, Jesus Christ, if you're a libertarian and you don't get what we're saying when we shout, end the Fed, like... Come on. Well, I yeah, mean, because, you know, the Fed is, of course, like, educate you know, yourself. 
I think sometimes it, we forget the basics, though, right? You know, or forget yeah. to talk about the basics, right? Because once, like, this is a thing that happened to me. Once I moved to New Hampshire and I got around people who got it and understood it, you, you discover that there's a certain level of things you no longer need to discuss with these types of people, particularly hosts on you know Free Talk Live and you know the folks surrounding us when we do that kind of a mm. thing. So. It, it's easy to forget that, like, there might be somebody listening to us right now who's like, uh, I've never heard this show before. I have no idea what the <laughs> fuck you guys are talking about. You sound like you know what you're talking about, but holy shit, I've, like... Well, and, you know. and that's that's the thing, is that you, you, you have to say the quiet parts out loud for the guy who's just joining the show. Right. That's our whole job, you know? Um because and and especially now that uh you know we've got you know republicans having us falsely arrested uh <laughs> yeah. we have uh democrats who just want us dead um <laughs> dead mocrats yeah they want mo dead dead mo i don't know i'm reaching they, there. yeah they want <laughs> You know, they they don't want to nobody around. They just don't, um, you know. Well, and think, it's got to be a, a certain amount of victory on his part that, ha, we're doing the debates and you libertarians don't get to get in. Yeah, it's it's even, it's kind of worse. Like the one time they let Ron Paul in like the debates, they, they let him in, but like they made him sit at like the kiddie table of the debates, right? Oh, yeah. It was like the little card table down in front. He was and... in several debates. I saw him debate in South Carolina. <laughs> yeah, I think for the presidential debate. Like there no, were the two yeah, we want to signal to our people that these are the ideas not to be taken seriously. Right, yeah. Oh, and then for like he was like the these opening are serious candidates, and, yeah. and, and now the clown show. You know that's why I have no trouble believing that elections are rigged, right. and they did it to Bernie Sanders too. You know, it's not just a right thing; it's anybody who disagrees with the corporate democrats in power and that's what like jimmy Dore calls them and you know jimmy Dore is still a leftist he doesn't crack economics but i got a lot of respect for a lot of the stuff he says oh hell yeah were you the one, one of the best said, yeah absolutely because dude if tells, i could get if dude, i could get magnus pen video on here i'd do it Get what video on here? Uh, Magnus Panvidia. Uh, he's uh, he was a guy that. Oh my god, they crucified Dor for talking to this guy because he was. Uh, I mean, you know, he's hard left, socialist economically, <laughs> and uh, he believes in guns. You know, oh. he's he's one of those like you know those big igloo types. Oh yeah. I noticed something the other day. You guys will hopefully find humor in this. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic is one of my musical, uh, you know, delights. I I celebrate his entire catalog. Uh, There's a movie out for him right now and that kind of a thing. Uh, But I noticed, no, I was reminded that if you're a fan of Weird Al Yankovic and you go to his shows... You're generally not wearing like a Weird Al Yankovic t-shirt like you would do a rock show, right? You're not wearing the ACDC t-shirt, the Metallica t-shirt, whatever. You're wearing... Hawaiian fucking shirts. So now the conspiracy yeah. theory is: Is Weird Al part of the Boogaloo? <laughs> I mean, of course. The real he's question part of the is: Is the Boogaloo part of Big Al? Just, Weird Al. 
he helped Sorry. he helped teach us to look at what was beneath things. You know, Weird Al. Um, yeah, I guess so. By got a plan. Yeah. We does. clone Weird Al. We turn him into a pro gun advocate, and he will be Beard Al. <laughs> Beard you know Al. Why, yes. Beard you know why Al. They actually, Yankovic. gravitate toward Hawaiian shirts, though. Yeah. No. Seriously. Like, if you go to see Weird Al live, uh, the fans—not all, but like a large number of them—are wearing Hawaiian shirts, like the button-up style, a la you know Hawaii Five O, the Brady Bunch uh, show in uh, Hawaii. You know. Uh, that type of thing. So, yeah. I got to say, silk is insanely cheap. Like, I think if there were a bunch of Boogaloo dudes who went to see Weird Al, you wouldn't know it. Right. Because they right. would just look like other Weird Al fans at that point. Which would, So it would be a great place to have meetings. <laughs> <laughs> yes, or, or, on all levels. Or a traveling bunch of people who, like, you know... Now I'm starting to figure out what pl- what kind of things I want to have meetings at uh, Weird Al show for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, holy shit, we better do this. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Oh, good God, we gotta go through this again. <laughs> <laughs> Wondered if you'd be gone. I don't, I don't know what happened, but... Uh, your caller ID now shows major pain. <gasps> yeah, that's pretty fucking yeah, awesome. Ian, Ian, Ian put me on the fucking bat line, dude. You're Robert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not Burt Ward. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, you know what is real funny about that? I have the camper in my side yard that Robin stayed in. It's an easy traveler. Used to have a Nike check mark on it on did, the side of it. Did he sign it? No, he didn't. Uh, sign. Well, I then it's Nike. fucking worthless. It was, it was the same damn camper, mm-hmm. right? So I I just thought that was it. Just it just jumped into my head like that. Why do you sound better today than hmm. you did the well, last time? At least you're not convinced that a comic book character exists. I think and he was in your camper. Soberish. Oh, are you sober, Major? <laughs> What's that? Are you sober? Uh, yeah, 60%. Holy okay. fucking right. shit. Right. More that's, sober than not. That's a high yeah, level for you. For... I didn't know you did that. <laughs> Congratulations, Major. I'll have a drink. Oh, <laughs> for crying out loud, boys. Do you think I could have stayed alive this long if I was just a drunken sod? Oh, I have faith in your liver. It's worked for me. I... You know, I have told okay, you. Okay, I didn't drink for before. 22 years, but. <laughs> you, you know you know the old Gaelic word for whiskey? is whiskey or whiskey. I can't quite remember the correct enunciation, but it means the water of life. Oh, that's interesting. Excuse me while I kiss whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I think it's the Sumerian translation for coffee is like also juice of life or something like that. Well, that sounds right. That, that that explains why the Turks didn't want to release it until Marco Polo come through and trade him some spaghetti or some damn thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of both coffee and whiskey. So, you know, take that for whatever it's worth. Oh, yeah. Well, you take a little whipped cream, then you got Irish coffee. Yeah. I love Irish coffee. Yeah. That's, that's terrific. That's, have you ever... Taking, uh, Coffee uh, really it, is the supreme drug, in my opinion. But I do love some whiskey. Oh, yeah, I, I drink... You haven't tried amphetamines. 
do you know me? <laughs> I have been trying amphetamines against my, you know, own judgment of the idea since I was a child. Thank you very much. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, state. Um, yeah, see, well, not mandated, but state, state prescribed ma- uh, mm-hmm. amphetamines. Oh, okay. You're not paying attention. Can't possibly be, be that the teachers are boring the shit out of you. Oh, God, yeah. No, they and having escaped public school, and uh, I didn't even finish my freshman year of high school. So I went on to get my GED, and, you know, I got some, I took some trade school stuff, took some welding, I uh, took audio engineering. Anyway, my point is that when it comes to learning, self-education is the best I have never. That's what uh, Thomas Edison chalked it up to. I have never blazed through anything quicker than something I was passionate to learn about immediately. You know what I mean? I pretty yeah. much did the same thing you did, Captain. I I dropped out. I well, I I I made it through past my freshman year, but then they had uh, all those high schools that are for the people that don't belong in high school. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. They said reformatories. No, no, it, it was just a, a separate version of high school where they sent the uh, unruly ones. Yeah, the alternative school. Yeah. Mm. The, yeah. the alternative yeah, school. Yes. Yes. My mine my, is named. And uh, there's a lottery to get into my out alternative high school now. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Dang. dude, when I was. When I was in the original high school, we had a smoking lounge. Yeah. It yeah. was outside. No, my, my high school also had a smoking lounge. Uh, a, not a lounge, but a smoking area. It was several yeah. benches permanently installed into the concrete outside of the two back doors and a hallway that led to the, I guess we'll call it the service entrance, where like the, the food truck needed to back up to to unload you know school lunches in bulk or whatever. And so it was in that area. The teachers and the students both shared the smoking area. So you knew which teachers were smokers and you knew which students were smokers. And they just had this arbitrary yellow-ass line painted around all the benches. And if you were behind the line, you're good to smoke. But if you came out of that line with a cigarette, you were getting detention. Well, this, oh, this, one, was a, this one was a double-decker, and it was not lined in. There was a high one and a low one. Nice. So that and one I made an good... entire, like, psych, like from the beginning to the end, there was once just a place on school campus where we all smoked. Yes. And then, yeah, well, we can't do that. We've got to have it, like, at the edge of campus. Okay, well, it's up here. No, I got... I got okay, well, now that's illegal. Okay, well, the land technically belongs to someone else, so mm-hmm. they are off campus. No, you can't have that. Okay, we'll go across the street. No, right, you dude. can't have that. Well, we'll go down to the bowling alley that you can walk to. No! Do you? And then they made smoking completely illegal in the entire city of Golden. Yeah. Do wow. you appreciate subterfuge and camouflage? Subterfuge. I have an interesting story about smoking in the lounge. Sorry, Major. Back you just you just made me make up a portmanteau. Rolling. Major, you made you me come up with subterflage. Subterflage, I like it. Are you going to pay attention or am I talking to my I am absolutely paying attention to your story about subterflage. Yes. No, no. Back in the day, they used to make a rolling paper that had a brown filter on it, and it said camouflage. And if you could roll a proper cigarette out of this thing, it looked just like a camel. (laughs) So I'm standing in the smoking lounge one day, 
fluffing on one of my subterfuges. Wait, so it was so the rolling paper was called camouflage, right? Yes. That's beautiful. And uh, so I, I'm downside there of portmanteaus. You can't really have more than I'm one. Standing there, I'm standing there puffing on a fatty, and there was busters that used to run around our campus because we had a real long trail that ran from the parking lot to the high school, and between it there was another trail that ran down into the wood lot, and it was quite a good size, you know, like ten, fifteen acre wood lot, and so the kids used to go down there and get stoned. So the busters would be uh, riding their golf carts and their vans around trying to do everything they could to F with everybody. So I'm standing there puffing to on what? Fatty. F Fuck with everybody. Thank you. God. They're smoking marijuana pot. Excuse me. Anyway, so I'm, I'm standing there outside the smoke lounge taking a puff on my fatty, and I see old Buster Clipboard walk out of the damn door, and so I cuff it, and I see him stick his nose in the air. And he says, damn it, there's somebody smoking something around there that he ain't supposed to be smoking. And I says, yeah, I think I just seen him go around the corner. So, damn, there he goes, hound dog. It was it was, it was, was quite righteous. Hmm. Quite righteous. I went back and talked story. to my uh, school guidance counselor, and he, he told me his, his memory of me involved watching me one day from a third floor window as I walked on the campus with a big paper bag in my hand. And there was a circle of springtime. There was a circle of students sitting on the lawn, smoking cigarettes and talking shit. And you walked up to them, you opened the bag, they all looked inside. And then you walked away and they all got up and followed you. And you walked to the other circle, showed them what was in the bag. They all got up and followed you. And then you walked to the third <laughs> circle. Showed them what was in the back. They all got up and followed you. And then you marched this whole gang of students off off campus like the Pied fucking Piper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Beakless, you are now the bag man. <laughs> I was cuckoo you know there's a yeah. difference between the two of us, right? Yeah, what's that? Okay, like nobody is not who told that story. Or is who told that story. I, I, are you jacking my stories? Nobody is clearly the bag man. No, uh, Major is uh, just gave credit for the story that Peakless told to you, nobody. Oh, jeez. My I, bad. He didn't tell that story. <laughs> He said, my bad. Jesus, you get a couple drinks into me, I turn into nobody. Uh, I wonder if we shouldn't call this beer talk live. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have any beer in front of me, but uh, I'm, I'm not opposed. Um, no, what we should do is make our own microbrew, call it beer, but spell it wrong. B-E-A-R? Uh-huh. That's bear. Uh-huh. And we'll put the logo on it. It'll be great. Bear Claw. Were you around for Manchester Brewing? Mm, I don't know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, my, my buddy Kevin ran this company when I first got up to New Hampshire called Manchester Brewing. Yeah. That he had actually named it that because he was going to open it in Manchester, Michigan. Uh-huh. And then I talked him into joining the Free State Project, and he ended up opening it in Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, but uh, all of his 
all of his names for his beers. Uh, like he had one that was called the Devil's Rooster, one that was called John Thomas, um, one. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they all were, but they were all like different ways of saying dick. Variations of a thing. Richard Cranium, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, euphemisms. I mean, it's yeah, always been a part of our language. Every language. single human language has been uh, partially defined by its euphemisms. Mm. And, and that's really well, one of those things like it tells you everything about a culture. What is it that they are trying not to say? We're right back to Richard Whiskey, alias Dick Liquor. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, my first... That's the uh, oldest one I can think of. Mm. When I started doing BBSs, the handle I used was Cunning Linguist. <laughs> yeah, that one's, a, that one's a good play. That one's a really good play. Uh, I seem to remember that one from Austin Powers. Yeah, it's been around for this a while. This predates Austin Powers by Okay, decade. good. Double checking. Because it, it became a much less of a good joke before uh, after that, I think. Why is that? Well, because quoting Austin Powers is not nearly as good as actually knowing it from some other source. Mm. Or making it up yourself, even the very best. Yeah. I can't actually say where I got it. I don't know. Yeah, um, that's jokes for you, man. Yeah. And and that's and that's the thing. That's what they're supposed to do. I mm-hmm. don't um they come at you out of nowhere, man. <laughs> I, I literally don't... how they work. If they don't do that, then it's a bad joke. Yeah, I don't like this whole joke stealing meme, and I know Joe Rogan's big into that. Like he called okay. out What's the meme? Mancia and them for it. But if well, you didn't the, make the up your idea... joke, and they're like, "Hey, you totally stole my joke," oh my god! I mean, like... there's there's money involved. Like, okay, give credit, or you know, shut up. It... And if well, they no, taunt they're... you about not giving them credit, dude, that's. Uh, they have a right to say, yeah, you couldn't make that up if you tried. There's also the Yeah, like taunt each other. Effect. Push each other There's to greatness and humor. There's also the purity of the well factor. If you tell a joke to a dude and he tells it and it goes around three more times, it's all fucked up. Yeah, but and if, you know that as well as I do. Here, here's the thing, though. Yeah. If I write a joke... And uh, take a picture of it and put it on the internet, and it goes viral, right? How is that different from me telling a joke in front of a live audience and them going home and telling that joke to their family and friends? Well, that's basically transcript. So that's that's a whole different thing from just verbal recollection. But it's just data. It's just data. That's all it is. It's information. Mm -hmm. Somebody heard a funny joke. They thought it was funny. Hey, I went and saw this comedian. He was funny. Maybe they don't even tell them that. Maybe they're just like, hey, did you hear the one about the thing and the other? Blah, blah, blah. Ha, ha, ha. That was funny, right? There's no difference between me verbally telling a joke to another person and somebody seeing that same joke written down on a, you know, a meme online on their social media. I'm passing the same exact uh, no, information. There, there, yeah. is, there, there is because a joke has to be told properly. You can't get. You ain't never laughed I, at a meme? You, you, yeah, a meme has, has to be written, has written to be word. done properly, too. Right. Okay, let me put it to you this way. Tesla was asked what he thought of Marconi. 
And what he said is, well, he's using, I forget the number, like 12 of my patents. And he should keep doing so. Now he has absolutely every fucking right to be like, yeah, uh, I made up all of the stuff that he's, uh, like, he's using stuff that he got from me. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying that. Now, that's not trying to shut him up, but, I mean, you can, like, shame them into inventing new material. That's fine. That's great. That's a favor. It's like you could. The reason I tell you, like, you couldn't possibly make up this material is because you could be making your own material, which would be new jokes. Like, if you can get up there and deliver that shit, then you are quick enough to come up with something witty. Yeah, I'm with nobody, though. There are no new jokes. There's just, you know, new information around the old jokes. No jokes, jokes, but dick jokes. The the same thing applies to music, though. All music that can be created has been created, as far as melodies, as far as how many notes can be placed in whatever different combinations. Infinite combinations. Right. And that's the thing. I am filthy rich. I own apartment buildings and (laughs) shopping malls. And I only know know three three cores. (laughs) 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 Cheech and Chong, everybody. But yeah, like other guy talking to me, tell me how to live. As as a guy, I don't listen to her because my head is like a sieve. You're interrupting. I'm sorry. I know songs they carry you away. That's that's what they do. Musical interludes. My basketball coach done kicked me off the team. (laughs) Major's piping in. Is that that a pipe? Uh, Well, he's you know those are pipes. Sounds like an organ grinder. There was a subject some time ago. That was a good euphemism for prostitute. Oh, so you've had your uh, train of thought derailed, have you? Pardon me, sir. Would you mind stepping out of your train of thought? You were (laughs) wandering all over the avenue of consideration. Can I see your degree, please? Can you spare a paradigm so I can make this phone call? Is that your degree? Yeah, take it out of the frame, okay? When I was young, when I was young, there was... Tina was living in a shoebox in the middle of the road. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I know, and I love that one. Luxury. I had to get to the mill two in the morning, half an hour before I went to bed. Pay the mill owner two pence fifty for the privilege of working. And when I got home, our fathers would kill us and dance about on our graves. Singing a lullaby. <laughs> right, so all of this humor that we've all just yep, yep. and you tell young kids in. that today, and they won't believe you. Right, and we took all this humor from somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, respect Monty Python. That one's absolutely a Monty Python bit. And they don't ask my permission before they lodge their shit in my brain either. Like, right. See how easy that was. I'm still joking. I'm still entertaining, and I actually gave fucking credit for where I got a bit. It's not that hard. The same thing comes with music. If you want to play a certain style or type or brand of music, uh, you're free to pursue that. But if you really want to do that, first you must play that style and brand of music by those who have played it before you. And that's how you learn. You learn a bunch of different styles of music before you sort of put together your own style. Same thing happens with humor. 
if you're a comedian or even just uh, you know a guy who likes to be funny and you know uh, recites funny things you must listen to all of the other comedians and all their other jokes before you know like what subgenre of humor you like the most or what you're good at and that kind of a thing well it's almost like we learn behaviors from observing them well and trying to reproduce well, them brief oh yeah exactly i mean you can't well, repro- you can't produce even a new behavior unless you have a a, a set behavior to build on and change right if you want to be a singer you've never sang before and you go take singing lessons what do you do start singing other people's songs yep. can i yep. jump in here boys if you have ever mm-hmm. heard story you cannot tell a story even if it's your own because you've never been taught how to verbalize the situation it's mm. good point. yeah well it's it's through reading that we learn to express ourselves and uh, well, through absorbing culture in various I ways. I would say that your informed. own story is the one that you have the most insight on. Yes. But in order to learn how to write your own story, you've got to read other people's shit. See, I find that yeah. people I, frequently I to, have the least insight into their own good. story. Uh, wait, nobody you said people have the least insight into their own story? Frequently, yeah. Mm. That's one of the things, when I, when I went to AA... I would sponsor people, and uh, and one of the things that I noticed is like they would end up sponsoring you too because you're not a psychologist, right? You know, you're mostly uh, talking to them about their problems and then sharing stories about things that happened to you or things that happened to your sponsor or somebody you met at a meeting or whatever. Um. But the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the thing about it is, eventually, it what it seems to be is that somebody not you can stand outside your life and look at it objectively more so than you the could only, yourself, right? Exactly. The only life that you yeah, that I you agree. can't look at objectively is your own. But at the same time. Uh, Everybody that knows me has a different image of me in their own heads. I'm not the same guy to everybody on planet Earth. And so, you know, to to you nobody, I'm one guy. And to somebody else, I'm another guy. And to, you know, I don't know, my mailman, I'm another guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, people know different levels of me and have a different image of me. So... Even with that being said, whoever's putting that together, looking perhaps more objectively than the individual, is still they can still only represent the image of that person to them, not to everybody else. Right. Now, there right. are insights that other people have about you that you can't have about yourself, which is why you should always listen to your enemies, because they will tell you truths that no friend dare. That's a fact. But mm. none of them, friends or enemies know more of your story than you. I mean, consider the NPC of a video game. Like, it's true. Everyone is the hero of their story. Even the NPC of the video game. Look at me going to work. Always. Right. Mm -hmm. Why? And every action has a story. Everything that we do has a reason that we're doing it. Like, Mm -hmm. a human reason of why do I go to the shop constantly? Oh, because I'm having a family, carrying on the human story. I'm out of this. 
And you might not see the story of uh, an, an NPC, a, a low consciousness being. Mm-hmm. You might not see the story of it at all from the outside, but they mm-hmm. see it. Right. And they know it. They have literal insight to that story. Well, and this is why I I continuously say uh, there is no better person to make decisions for you and tell you how to live and decide what's right for you than you, right? Not some organization. You know, maybe you need help in an area of your life or something. You're not too good at X, you know, insert thing here. And maybe you hire somebody to help you out in a certain area of your life or something like that. But, you know, that's fine. That's a market decision. It's when there's an organization that tries and tries to force their way upon you, you know, when they violate that individual, you know, being the best person to make their own decisions. And they violate it with force. That's where I take exception. Well, and that's the nature of the language that is compassion. Like, can you empathize with someone? Because there are things you can't... do to someone while you are empathizing with them. Yeah. And if you know the language of empathy, then you can imagine the effects of your actions. Yeah. Have you ever watched somebody do something that was really stupid and just like allowed it to happen? I have uh, a whole bunch of times because that's, you know, it might be one thing to you what they're about to do, but like it's a whole other thing to them. Like uh, I went to a place where there was a, uh, it was like a, a canyon, if you will. I think it was in South Dakota, and there was a bit of a waterfall into a, a pool, and then the river kept going, and uh, the the one dude was like, I'm going to go jump off that thing and into the pool, and he runs up the thing. I'm like, don't do that. That's stupid, right? And he went and he did it, and it was fine. You know, it was fine for him to do it, and, you know, he came out just fine. He, you know, was athletic enough and knew how to swim and all these kinds of things. But I was just like, no, that's a stupid thing for you to do. Now, it turns out. It was stupid if I was going to try and do something like that because I was less athletic than this guy, you know, all that kind of a thing. So I just watched him do something that I thought was stupid. Now, he got to decide what was right for him, and I got to decide what was right for me. Mm-hmm. What was right for me was not doing that. <laughs> and what was right from him, for him was going and doing that. You right. know? And who am I to tell somebody else that they can't do something that I perceive as stupid? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, guess who gets to determine when you're testing your limits? Yeah. You. When now don't go software. now don't go testing my limits without me saying it's okay <laughs> but your limits and i can't demand that you test your limits i mean that's that's bullshit you test your limits when you're ready to test your limits in software design i frequently say that when you prevent the users from doing stupid things sometimes you also prevent them from doing brilliant things that you haven't thought of yeah, that is that is a fact, uh, without a doubt. You do not you do not want to be a speed bump in the road of life. That is a fact. <laughs> but a buddy of mine, Pat Kimlin, you don't want to never dive into muddy waters either. This was a trussle, nice deep river. There wasn't no rocks. There wasn't real. Fast. What is a trussle? <clears throat> uh, where a railroad track goes over the bridge. Oh, okay. The so uh, anyway. Sorry, there, for a second I was thinking of Duncan Trussell, and I was like, wait a there, second. They're swimming and drinking beers and fucking around and whatnot. And old Pat Cumlin, he, was, uh, he, was, he wasn't even a large fella. He was kind of slight, so he shouldn't have gone deep. But I think he tried to take a harpoon dive, 
but the Army Corps of Engineers or some damn thing had just rebuilt that some bitch. He ended up with a piece of rebar stuck. He got harpooned. Oh, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, that's gotta dead. Yeah, I was gonna say not for long. I mean, sad fucking. If day, you're man. lucky or unlucky, sad. take your pick. I've had a lot of hell along the tracks. Yeah, mm. that's for sure. You know, that's something worth being thankful for. Did not wake up today having been harpooned. <laughs> yeah, I remain it's unimpaled. I, you know, I'm real happy about that. Even except for that piercing that I tried real hard to get that one time. Don't never get stuffed in the whale's head. That's worse than being harpooned. Now, now you've lost me. Don't yep. never get stuck in the That's whale's head. Are you using a euphemism? Ah. I'm using a uh, truthanism. Don't ever get stuck in the whale's head. The whale's head is where the gold is during the harpooning days. It was more, more, uh, way more valuable than boiling the blubber. That was the shit that powered the oil. How would I get stuck in there? I I feel Uh, like I feel like the major might have a little bit of southern <laughs> misunderestimated no i think he might have a little bit of southerner in him because the southern people who make up shit all the time that like they just say in passing and it's fucking hilarious right like i've been born i was born north of the mason dixon line i now live north of the 45th parallel so you can take your uh isn't that in korea i do <laughs> i, I <clears throat> Dude, what about Korea? What the the 45th parallel. Last I, I checked and correct my uh, English and math and, and geography here if I'm wrong, but there is no Mason-Dixon line in North Korea. When I was I talking looked. about the 45th parallel. Oh. The, the reason being there was some political boundary that oh, was no, unofficial no. during hang, hang the on, war, Major. and they referred to it by uh, just by uh, latitude. Huh. And That's so they would say, oh, you can't go north of the whatever parallel. I don't know which one it was. The 45th parallel, if you take a globe, okay, look at a ball, spin it. The top look at these of nuts. North Michigan, <laughs> the, the 45th parallel is halfway between the equator and the North Pole, you fucking geniuses. That's what I was spin thinking. Literally a 45 degree angle. Major's like yelling at us now. Yeah. Well, you're fucking irritating me. You guys don't know geography or latitude or longitude or nothing. I have bad latitude. It's true. I've I've been to latitudes. It was a kind of a gay bar. Did you get platitudes like... at latitudes with your attitude? No, I I I think I got chili fries and a beer and never went back again. Uh, sounds like a good order. Hmm. Uh, six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Just because I haven't said it yet, we're an hour into the show. Mm, that's true. Uh, I feel like we're missing something else too, but I can't remember. We did the we did oh, the hey. shit fix. Yeah, shit yeah, not that. Con- yeah, we did not that. the not the essential. And we did the other ones because Anthrax okay, opened the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of which, seriously, uh, like, okay. check for me, would you just real quick, uh, Anthrax COVID? Because like, uh, I, mean, I know. I want to know. I mean, they're already named after a disease. Do I really like? 
Do you not have a magic rectangle at your disposal? I'll check yeah, it in I damn mean, cell. Anthrax COVID is pretty much just two biological warfare. Agents. I just want you to lie to me if they turned on us. Like, I, I'm fucking certain they I, did because everybody fucking turned I on us. I actually don't know, and I'm pretty sure that FUD We're was... We're a band that's all about freedom. Now fucking take the jab. I'm pretty sure FUD at Forkfest, whatever, two, three years ago, was the only live band playing in the United States on that weekend for a, a real crowd. Yep. Well, that's I, cool. Yeah, and like, and we had to throw that thing together in like six practices. So, <laughs> uh, but but so that, here's that, something I'm to not think too about. Proud. No, I'm not. No, too here's proud something to, to think about. about this though. You because... were for one moment in time the greatest band on earth. You fucking a. We were go, we were certainly the uh, the most seen live band uh, on earth at that particular time. Right. The only ones good. I mean, hell, you were touring. This wasn't where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it was we, a one-show tour. Actually, no, we were playing a festival. Ah, there you go. We good were playing point. a festival. I mean, there you were playing a festival of quite an. I mean, well, depending on how you count it, quite an enormous number of attendees. There were a whole bunch of people within earshot of uh, what we played. Whether or not they were there to hear us or not, it's a whole other story. I was trying to Was sleep a fireworks in my car. show to open you? <laughs> was there a tennis course nearby? Sounds like it might have been a racket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Major, I'm going to take another call, but call us back in a bit. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Beaven, Captain. How you doing, Rob? Hey, hey Rob. Rob. It's Rob in Vermont, Hello, nobody. Nice. Hey, Rob. How you doing? I'm on a delay. Oh, okay. That's all right. What kind of delay? Hey, so I've been listening to Beard Talk Live. Pretty That's much not all he's on. Oh, are you an right? OG Beard Talk Liver? Do we have names for like people who listen to Beard Talk Ooh, Live? Beardos? You know, Beardos? Yeah. All right. Rob's a Beardo. All right. So Own it. I've been listening to Beard Talk Live since it started, and uh, it dawned on me that you know, Beard Talk Live, it doesn't, it, it, I think it needs a little bit more of a, of a pizzazz, you know, or like, or, you know, uh, what is, what are the Dancing people Dancing Frog that, with a Top just Hat? just noticed that. <laughs> what, what are the people that believe in free talk, a Beard Talk Live, what do they believe in? Are they rock and roll people? You know, are they, uh. I mean, yes. They're gonna give that uh, a title. All right, here, here. I'll, I'll, it, it's already, it's already there in the logo, and it's pretty small. I don't know if you can see it on the screen if you're watching, Rob, or not. But it says Beard Talk Live, and then the tiny letters underneath the word "live" say the most bearded liberty show online. Okay. So that's that's what we are. That's what we are. We are that's the most do. bearded Liberty Show online. Right. We are a Liberty Show, and we claim to be the most bearded Liberty Show online. And on behalf I, of Beard Talk Live, if you think we're wrong, bring it. Hmm? Show oh, no, me a more bearded Liberty Show I, online. I will point out that, uh, 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 Rob, you do have a beard, yes? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I ain't shaving that fucker off for now. Look at that. You know, We're five beards in at this point, man. Well, Major was also a bearded any- man, yeah. or is, I guess. Yeah. 
Don't want to talk about him in the past tense. He'll probably call back, I'm sure. No, I, I do wonder, like, if he shaves it, would he have, like, a high squeaky voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's the major. <laughs> it got too hot. I decided to go to fucking Florida. <laughs> Does it bother you having guests on the show that outrank you, Captain? Not at all. Uh, in fact, uh, during during Free Talk Live, during Free Talk Live uh, a couple hours ago, uh, we had a doctor on. Like literally, it was the doctor and the captain on the same show at the same time. It was pretty sweet. We we should so, we should promote the uh, the owner of uh, Fokine Great to General. Absolutely. And why should we do that? Because then she would be General Malays. You could not be more correct. That's horrible. And she would also outrank the major, which would be fun. Yes, yes, I agree. We we must absolutely make sure that Malays outranks uh, (laughs) General Payne. (laughs) Rob, what were you trying to say? Um, No, I was just, you know, blurting, blurting out things, you know, like... I was listening to you guys say different things, and I was just agreeing with you. That's all. Blurting out things. That's how I live my life, blurting out things. uh, Blurting out things, absolutely. Just going with the flow. So if we keep up with this, do we end up with a President Meh? <laughs> that was actually uh, before FUD arrove, arrove, did arrive. Arrove. I just no, made, fuck it. Own it. it. A, a, a ribbon. Yeah. Uh, whenever FUD did a ribbon on their name, FUD, uh, one of the uh, alternative suggestions for names that was on the list was MU, M U H. Right, for like Mo Roads and, you know, Mo Social Security and, <laughs> you know, Mo. Right. You know, that was, it was on the list, but. I don't think a lot of people would have got it, but not a lot of people got fucked. Instead, you decided to appeal to the cryptocurrency crowd. Well, and like it was fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And so, for those of you who saw us live and know who the members were, uh, I was fear, uh, Aria was uncertainty, and uh, uh, Mushmouth Mike was doubt. Hey, Uh, Rob, what are you doing, man? You're making a lot of noise, man. What's that? Hey, is it true that... Yeah, I know we say eat the microphone, but this is ridiculous. Hang on, let him ask his question. Go ahead, Rob. Is it true that Alan Greenspan played a part in uh, getting Bitcoin started? I have no No. idea. But I I would say... Yes, I'm sure I do know. know He He absolutely had nothing to do with that product. (laughs) I I absolutely... I would be shocked out of my worldview... To find out that he had the slightest thing to do with it. Like, Actually, uh, you know, more than any, like, random individual on Earth. Yeah, yeah. The interesting what? thing about about it is uh, Alan Greenspan was actually somebody, if you read his, um, his article on gold. Oh, I mean, technically he, he inspired it. Like, the, the whole thing was released as an answer to 2008, which could not have happened without Greenspan. Sorry. Um, yeah, I always wonder if he was trying to kamikaze the system because I—I uh, mean, he was a Randite at one time, and Rand was standing next to him when he took his job as chairman of the. So Senate. here's how's that? For so really? here's the thing. No, no, no. This. Th- so here's the thing. Austrian economics doesn't tell you how to apply it. Now you can use your power of knowing what the fucking economy is for good, like. Everyone in my social cast, or 
You can use it for evil, Rob, like my you're breathing enemy. in the phone, Rob. Stop breathing in the phone. Something now, like fucking Darth Vader. Uh, Greenspan, uh, several other, like, you know, Rockefeller-type names. Like, no, a lot of them used Austrian economics. It's just that they were trying to cause human suffering and acquire power instead of cause flourishing and acquire wealth. Who did you use as an example of that? Oh, Jesus. Uh, John D. Rockefeller uh, comes to mind, uh, like, provably exclusively as i uh, as i recall was like he only followed the austrian school he just did it for evil yeah there are some there's some amazing quotes out there from people who are wrong about most things have you, did you ever <laughs> yes there are read the uh the quote by john maynard Keynes about inflation uh where he talks about lenin I would imagine he had, well no, but no. I'm ready to, for my for my skull to implode. Go ahead and quote Keynes for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, it's actually a uh, pretty pretty amazing. Oh, and thank you for the trigger warning. Quote. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got to look it up now. Oh, that's no fun. Nobody. I'm appointed. <laughs> I'm appointed in you. I'm also combobulated. Nice. Bit, you know. Well, nice. this is uh, I, I, I know as best I can. Basically, what it what it says, but the version I just found of it is longer than the version that I that I know. So I'm gonna give you the full treatment. Oh boy, get ready, everybody! Grab your popcorn. Okay. Okay. Balls in your court, nobody. Yep, I'm working on it. Oh, All right. Oh, I well, I'm ready. presently inventing okay. a superhero called the Combobulator. Ooh. Now, here we go. Lenin is said, he's quoting, he's referring to something Lenin said, too. Perfect. So, but uh, Lenin is said to have declared that the best way to destroy the capitalist system was to debauch the currency. By a continuing process of inflation, governments can confiscate secretly and unobserved an important part of the wealth of their citizens. By this method, they uh, not only confiscate, but they confiscate arbitrarily. And while the process impoverishes many, it actually enriches some. The sight of this arbitrary rearrangement of riches strikes not only at security, but also at the confidence in the equality of the existing distribution of wealth. To those whom the system brings windfalls beyond their deserts and even beyond their expectations or desires become profiteers. Those who are the object, uh, who are the object of the hatred of the bourgeois whom the inflationism has impoverished, not less than of the proletariat. As an okay, now you've lost me. As the inflation proceeds, he's saying it is the uh, they get the hatred of the uh, um, the middle class more or less, and right, right. and the. Uh, it is French. Yeah, the first but, uh, the first big chunk of that, I was like spot on. Right? And I remember that quote. I was like, holy shit, before. two wrongs make a right. No, I've heard that quote before. I did not know it was a Keynes quote. And and he content he, he finishes. Well, and so, so there's, was certainly well, I'd like right. to address this part of it so far. Okay, let me finish let, let right. me finish the quote. It's a couple more lines. All right. Uh, Lenin was certainly right. 
There is no subtler, no surer means of overturning the existing basis of society than to debauch the currency. The process engages all of the hidden forces of economic law on the side of destruction and does it in a manner which not one man in a million is able to diagnose. Mm. Mic drop. Hold on. So that was Keynes that said that? That was Keynes, although you have to read the quote. Uh, he refers to, to, to things Lenin. that Lenin said, but none of it is a direct quote of Lenin. And it's possible oh, so Keynes knew exactly what he was doing. Those things, because nobody has ever found them in Lenin's writing. So it may have been his response to an apocryphal quote my uh wow. first reaction was the same as people's yeah. mountaineers i'm like wait a minute so Keynes knew exactly what the fuck was going on mm-hmm. so holy the thing shit is, he suffered his illusion was that government would work he's for worse the betterment than hitler of the people and do it in a rational way so he would say that what the government should do is raise spending in a depression, but then cut it in a boom and in that way become a counter-cyclic force, which is not that bad an idea, except that legislatures are even worse than people (laughs) at predicting economic cycles. So did Keynes just redefine debauch somehow? Well, debauch literally means to fuck. Right. Did, yeah. So did he just redefine what, what it means to fuck the currency? I uh, or well, perhaps I mean, he defined no, it. No, that's what it's always been. You fuck the currency by printing it. Okay, it's so the best way to fuck a currency. Obviously, fucks in the ass. Hang on, let let Rob ask his question. When you say Lenin, are we talking about John Lenin? Oh hell no! No, we're talking about. The I don't Russian think Lennon, John Master. Lennon ever really talked economics. Yeah, no, John yeah, Lennon, I, yeah, never did. Yeah, I guess John Lennon wasn't that peace-loving fucking guy that people thought he was. Man, besides that, he was. <laughs> That's what you thought well, for a second. Yes, he was a peace-loving guy. He just had a defective. Im- imagination it's like imagine no possessions okay i can imagine that it's followed by mass starvation <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i've had no possessions when nobody has point. anything they starve i've had the asshole of the band i guess and well there's always got to be one sadly maybe that's why none of my bands ever like went anywhere because we didn't have the requisite one asshole we were all just two nice dudes to each other <laughs> <laughs> Well, well there should only be uh, one guard running the whole band. Look at Lemmy. He ran the whole band. Yeah, that's true. But then again, Lemmy was cool as fuck. Oh, yeah. But there's other bands that are out there that, you know, that uh, that are still going strong. There's this new band. Wasn't Lemmy I... Metallica? No, Lemmy was in Motorhead. No. Motorhead, Metallica, okay. I think it's like, uh, I think they're going to be retiring. They're just, they don't have it anymore, I don't think. You know? But there's this one band that I've been following for a couple of years now. It's called King of the King of the North, and I think it's a, I think it's a libertarian type of band. Hmm. Mm. You know, and uh, it's only 
two guys. Libertarians crowning the themselves. And a, guard, and, a, and a guitar player. That's it. Two guys. A two-piece band. Hmm. Yeah. It, 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 you should check it out. It's called King of the North. And one of the ba- songs like this called, Jeez, uh, uh, I'm Drawing a Blank is the name of the song. Oh, that sounds like a great song. Jeez, I'm Drawing a Blank. <laughs> I, I'm sure sounds many, like a Beard Al Yankovic song. Many many bands have come sounds up with that like particular what you song. Say before you take the condom off. Uh, another song that uh, another song that every band in the world has come up with is new song. They've written that down somewhere on their phones <laughs> or on their whiteboard. New song, new song two, right? Those are songs that bands you know working titles, right? When you come up with a new riff or whatever, and you're not quite done writing the song, but you got to call it something so you remember it. No, in the Akashic record. There's this one section called Songs That Never Got Played, and that is actually the most common title. Yes. Hey, what do you prefer, CD or an album or reel to reel? Who are you asking? All of us? All right. Uh, I'll yeah. go first. Out of those three? Yeah. I would say CD. Truthfully, like- every bit of music that I have is in the form of mp3s on a hard drive and uh so that's got to be what i truly prefer and and i haven't paid for any of it i've yeah. i've torrented mm, it at that all. is the supreme uh, advantage of mp3 i just want to say that i picked mine out of the three he gave i yeah. also the majority of my well, music guess, is on mp3 yeah, so hold on by album, album you mean vinyl right yeah i guess i'm the only one oh definitely vinyl I like so, so I mean, if for no other reason than just this, so there's an actual object that is vibrating because it's moving across this other object. Yeah, there's this physics. actual thing that you can talk- look at, and it is causing this thing that you're hearing. That's fucking awesome. Okay, since sound is itself a vibration, every sound that you hear regardless of source, is literally because there's a physical object somewhere vibrating. Yeah, I don't see electricity. How about you? Huh? I don't see electricity. How about you? Well, yeah, but you hear through headphones. I see the tracks of electricity. It looks like wire. Well, you should tell it to get off heroin. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, look, I'm going to let you guys go. All right, Rob. I'm going to leave you. We're not going anywhere. You're going. Yeah, we have we have somebody else on hold. So go ahead, Rob. I uh, uh, want right. to leave you with this one question. Okay, when is the last time you lied? Have a good evening, gentlemen. Have a good evening. When is the last time what? Well, hold on, hold on. When was the last time you lied? Yeah, we have another call. Yeah, yeah. let's well let's answer the caller. Well, should we answer the question first or? No? Okay. Uh, when was the last time that I lied? Hang on, nobody. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck is this? Right now, I've never lied. All right, hang, hang on, Major. Major, when is the last time that you lied? I try real hard not to, dude. When I do, Amen. I fucking lie. Well, I mean, it depends on like what you classify as a lie, right? Somebody asked me what I do for a living, and instead of telling them, because it's a very niche thing that I do for my day job, I'm like, I'm in tech. It's not really a lie, but it's not really what I do, <laughs> right? You know. Now you're discriminating white from black. 
and we're the great. So technically speaking, there is literally no human activity that that doesn't include. Right. I'm in tech. Well, isn't everybody like oh, in one way or another? You mean there's not a technique to what if you do? Naked, it doesn't in involve tech. technology of any kind? Motherfucker, you got bones. They are literally biological technology. Come on. I didn't know I was calling into the well of souls. I was baptized. How many of you bastards were? Mm. Well, I mean, is that any of your business? Have I said any of my business? No, you were asking or us if I we've been if we've been baptized, and I'm like, I don't know if you know. Do we want to even tell you if we were or not? Yeah, sure, multiple what? times. Yeah, I mean, what qualifies as a baptism? The ceremony. That's part of why I say multiple times. It's uh, I, I, it's it's a welcoming to the kingdom, near as I can figure. Have you ever been welcomed to the kingdom? Um, I mean, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, every moment of every day. I ain't dead. Right? I don't know. The end of the story is the end of the story. Right? I ain't dead, so how am I not baptized into the kingdom every moment? Like, I'm alive. You you probably are. I just... Thought like, that was a good rendition I mean, under the well of souls. Thing, I mean, I really, think. it's just a matter of noticing. Like, if you're talking about, like, have I had my head splashed with some water or dunked in some water a, a whole bunch of times? You know, how many times was it for a religious ceremony and or purpose? Eh. Now, I'll tell you, I believe that the original form of baptism was uh, an induced near-drowning experience. I think that's why they had, like, how they... Uh, how they That's did it they was passed down in a particular lineage. That's why there was this like huge, like I mean, practically war over whether or not you baptize babies. Like they they seriously killed each other over whether you baptize babies or not. And well, you, that would make a lot of sense if you are you causing a hallucinatory experience by nearly drowning someone. Mm. Like babies don't oh, need might, that shit. And if you did that you to my kid, not. I'd be pissed. You might if you be did it to your kid, I'd let you go, though. Mm. Stuff. True. In the, uh, the the northern Indian tribes, in the winter, they would cut a hole in the ice when the baby was like, I don't know, maybe a week old or something, and dunk him in the water. And if he didn't survive, he didn't survive. So, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's 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 kind of strange to really comprehend fully. Because you just came out of an aquatic environment. Yep. I knew a guy. So the worst part about that is that old. it sounds like a really easy way to get get away with infanticide. Like if you don't really yeah. like that kid, you're going to make it a slow baptism. Well, no, the thing well, is, we, most societies we, have engaged in, in some form of infanticide. Nearly all of them be, for all of time. Simply because. Uh, and they all of them, technically, afford. if you include uh, abortion, which some people do. Um, well, I mean, I don't care if you include abortion or or not. I just know that depending on your economic circumstances, if you um, if you can't afford to raise a child, you know, sometimes you can't. Um. There's this thing. It's a wild new invention. It's called adoption. 
Yeah, I was adopted, and in most cases, if there was an unwanted pregnancy in my life, I would I would put that forward as an option. But and I know that there's nothing that you would trade in the whole world for having grown up in the family that you grew up in for your parents. Oh yeah, I I love them. I love them to death. Right. But the thing is, let's say that I had had. Um, severe muscular dystrophy or, or some bizarre disease. There are, there are people who want to care for them. My fut- well, it, if there's literally nothing in that child's You don't know that. Pain, you no, don't know you that. You don't know that. You make the best judgment that you can based on available information. But the thing is, Death is not the worst of evils. Well, I got to tell you, nobody, I think you're in pain. I'm going to stab you. Now, you might tell me that you're not, but I don't believe you. I'm going to stab you. You've got nothing but pain. Or maybe let's not do that. Well, maybe the uh, there are times when that's the right, right thing to do. Now, obviously, if if. if, if somebody is conscious and able uh, and able to speak, then you would generally defer to their judgment. Yeah. But let's. But if somebody is, for example, has just had his legs blown off, and you're in a war zone, and he can't be gotten to a hospital, and he's saying, "Kill me." sometimes the ethical thing to do is exactly what the patient requested. Unless you can yeah, tourniquet no. them. I mean, if it's- Like, no, I'm sorry. Right now you're out of your mind. Like, having your legs blown off will put you out of your fucking mind. Some things put people out of their fucking mind. So if you request death at that point, I'll take it under consideration. But if I can tourniquet your legs... I believe, and I'm willing to bet in most cases, that when you are of sound mind again, you will thank me. And if not, not, you can always go, no, I'm done. Okay, I accept that. Well, and that's the problem with with our, uh, one of the problems with our society is you can't. They will physically prevent you from making the from ending your own well, life and that's and if because you're sufficiently yeah. criminal if you're sufficiently crippled they can physically prevent you and right. that's and that's because you belong to the government your body oh, is government property and has been since before you were born yeah that's the lie and people fucking buy it and because of that we have this cancer at the very heart of our civilization we do. And yes, Damn. one of the one of the manifestations of that that is profoundly evil is that you don't let people end their lives when they're done. Yeah. Like no. I actually when when I w- w- I went back to college and took a writing class uh when I was in Ann Arbor a couple of years ago and uh I uh I, I, it was argumentative writing, and one of the things that I wrote on was the right to suicide, and I introduced it <clears throat> with a quote uh, that Frederick Douglass had written uh, to his so-called master, 
after escaping from slavery. And uh, he wrote, When I left you, I took only what belonged to me and in no way reduced your right, uh, or no way reduced your means of making an honest living. Amen. Uh, (laughs) So it was for Frederick Douglass, and so it is for everyone who decides. And and I'll tell you, don't be rude about it. Like, uh, and that's not, I mean, not that it matters, but like, that's not an ethical thing. That's just a rudeness thing. I mean, partly just don't be a dick. So like you leave me asking, did you really mean to do this or why? Right. Yeah. Like, that's not a cool thing to do. Don't leave fucking messes for people. Well, right. And if and, you're leaving but existence, that's, why some people that's do one it, thing. That's why some people commit suicide, though. It's a, it's a vengeance for okay, them. Okay, like, well, then oh, acknowledge it for the dick move that it gone, is. Right? That's what they say to themselves. Oh, I'll teach them. They'll see how they feel once I'm gone. That's like a, like reasons people have committed suicide. Well, then I owe it to them to acknowledge what a dick move that was. Total dick move. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, uh, do it yourself, right? I think suicide is a one-man job. You have the right. You have bodily autonomy. I mean, So, therefore, you have the decision to end your own eh, life. I mean, who am I to limit the, the yeah. free market in that way? Yeah. yeah. It's See, your I body. Actually... If you want to, if you, I mean, it, uh, if you're asking, like, is it rude to involve someone? Eh, I don't know. Well, There's mercenaries. The intent, they exist for a right? reason. Like, if you're committing suicide to, like, you know, really give it to your family or something like that, or your loved ones or your spouse or whatever, mm. you know, that's a whole different reason than, like, hey, you know what, I'm just done. Or, uh, like, I have a medical condition and I've been mm, given, you know, right. X amount of time to live and I don't want to be a burden on, on society or my family or anybody else. Like, there are different reasons for suicide. So, whatever your reason is, like, I feel like... You know, I don't know, there should be an industry standard or something, right? Something that, you know, suiciding people sort of agree to. I don't know how this would work, but... Well, and and I do think that this is one of those things that we need to adjust to because, look, we live a very long time. We did not used to live longer than 30 on average. Like, our entire entire retirement system is set up for you to be dead after a certain number of years that we're... Kind of pushing that number yeah, into effect. impossible areas. Look, we're and good, good, well done. That's proper use of science. Make life go longer, but you have to admit that there's a new problem. There's a new problem that sometimes life goes on for so long that we're done. Uh, that being said, uh, I would also like to, for a minute, talk about. Uh, you know, like artificial implants, right? Uh, uh, people are doing it for fun and sport now, not just for medical purposes. Now, I'm not there. But if I got hospitalized for something and they're like, well, dude, the only way to keep you alive is to give you a robot heart or something, right? You know, mm-hmm. like, put in the robot heart, dude. You know, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say no to more give life. Give me the Cheney operation. You know? Like, I'm not going to say no to continuing to live. I like living. I enjoy living. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not done with it yet. So right. if something like that came up, I would be all, but then like, what if that keeps me alive for way longer than, like, you know, a, a human being should be or whatever? If I decide that I've been alive long enough, do I have the right to turn off the robot heart? Yes. The, the, the words of the prophets actually are, are, are very important here. And I would refer you to uh, the experiences of Lazarus Long in Time Enough for Love when he's been alive for 3,000 years um, and he just doesn't want the rejuvenation 
uh, process, even though it will return his body to its useful shape. Right, the vampire paradox, um, right? And and so actually, they bring in a prostitute uh, who is also unre- unrejuvenated. She's just showed up to be rejuvenated, and uh, and basically through his experiences with her, just chilling out um he uh he regains his lust for life Mm. well and that's part of the beauty of like if you don't be a dick about it then you can talk to us right and maybe someone is willing to change their behavior in just such a way that makes your life livable again right and that's the, the the component that is rarely talked about when it comes to making a decision such as like suicide or you know taking a loved one off of like you know uh life support or something like that is the component of time mm-hmm. right at least for uh, the human mind time uh, shows that generally uh, your mind can and will change over time so it's entirely possible that whatever's got you feeling like you want to commit suicide right now mm-hmm. is just going to sort of go away magically in a little bit of time right whatever that yeah. you know whatever your personal cycle is and that you know you'll be like oh why was i ever thinking that so you know sometimes it's best to like give yourself that engaging the rest of your life will take you long enough to say okay just want to clean everything up here right like, okay, Ooh. even if it's just don't leave a mess in your apartment. Okay, great. And while you're cleaning your apartment, you go, you know, I think I can find something that is worth remaining in existence for. Yeah, see, my maximum uh, when I was facing these charges, my maximum was somewhere between five and ten years, where if my sentence was longer than that, um, I probably would have just obtained a hot shot because, uh, you know, you can get heroin in prison. And if you can get heroin, you can get death. Was why um, I was grateful to see you come out of that place. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And and, you know, it, it's just a matter of, you know, the idea of getting out of prison with nothing at the age of 72. Yeah. Uh, right. Does not appeal. Mm. Um, you know, <laughs> so on a quick side note, um, all things being equal, uh, that's just about impossible for me. What is? Well, so, uh, I have a key in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has Bitcoin on it. Mm-hmm. And it, when I am 72, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a goddamn billionaire. <laughs> All right. Uh, if hey. everything goes as planned, yeah, all yeah. things being equal, um, you know. So that's kind of uh, neat. Hey, there uh, are. We're at we're at about break time here. So, major, we're gonna let you go. We're gonna come back in about ten minutes. Uh, I'm gonna play. Uh, I don't know something here. I just broke my fucking heart, man. I, my son's going to prison. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. Damn. Yeah, that's tough, man. That is tough. Oh, he he he's gone. All right, he's yep. taking a break too. Uh, all right, so uh, ten minutes or so, and Beard Talk Live will continue. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero is the number. If you'd like to join us, give us about ten minutes.
Beer Talk Live. 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 I'm singing Beard Talk Live over this uh, thrash metal by a band called Exodus. Exodus is one of uh, the original uh, Bay Area bashers, if you will, from back in the day. Uh, You know, Metallica, Megadeth, Exodus, right? They're all sort of the Bay Area bashers, if you will. Uh, And... I enjoy their music. The first song that I played on the way to break, which, by the way, we're back. This is Beard Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. If you're uh, over at watch.freetalklive.com and you want to get in on the conversation, give us a call. Uh, It's myself, uh, the captain, beard number one. Who's beard? Are you beard number two? How dare you call my beard number two? (laughs) Nobody that makes you beard number three? Are you with us? Oh, wait. I got to unmute nobody. Oh, I my, canceled you for a minute, my bro. My beard is Sorry. full of tuery. Can you hear us now, Bonobody? Or can we hear you? Say something. I can. All right, good. I, I had censored, not censored, I had uh, canceled you there for a minute off the platform, and I hit one button, and you're uncanceled. Pretty neat, huh? I feel like Elon Musk. Hmm. Uncanceling people. He hasn't uncanceled yeah. anyone. He and hasn't he's yet. not going to for the foreseeable future. Uh, the the song that uh, it, when we went to break the song I that, don't know that that's clear. Uh, that yeah. is very clear. Hang on, like, hang on, hang now, on once continue. he has formed a thingy to look at the things. Hold on, hold on. So the song that I played when we went to break was a song called "The Scar Spangled Banner," and uh, it's you know if you are into lyrics, and you want to look up those lyrics, feel free to do so. They're pretty, pretty. You know, like speaking to the events of now, even though it was written a while ago, it spoke to the events of then. It still sort of remains true. Anyway, go ahead. Hmm. No, I'm totally the distracted. You know, the one banner. time that that happened yeah. the most, in my opinion, was uh, uh, so he was talking about Bush one and then we got Bush two. Right. And every single thing that Bill Hicks said about Bush one happened in Bush two. Uh, I have to ask because I have found what appears to be D. Snyder at the Senate hearing. Do you guys want to hear some of this? Was that before yes. or after Bill Hicks changed his name? What? That's bullshit. <laughs> That's bullshit. And anyone who's been to Texas goes, yeah, no, they look like that and they sound like that. And they're all like, there's there's like 20 people in Texas. It just gets repeated over and over. There's 20 people in Texas? I think yes. there's far more than 20 people No, in no, there's there's like 20 of them. Now, d- don't get me wrong. That's Different personalities. boys and girls. Can you say inbreeding? Sure. Inbreeding. Good. I knew you could. Do you guys want to hear some of this uh, D. Snyder testimony at the Senate hearing? We talked about sure. it in the, in the first half of the show, and I was only able to find like a bit of a report on it, but I think I have... Uh, it looks to be anyway like the old grainy 80s VHS footage uh, of this thing actually going down and what D. Snyder actually said. Hang on, give me just a second here. He's walking Primary into the courtroom. He's walking into the courtroom. He's wearing a sleeveless denim jacket. The sleeves cut off. You know, his long-ass hair. Uh, he's got the Twisted Sister back patch on the jacket. He's wearing a, a sleeveless T-shirt as well. Uh, you know, denim jeans. He's certainly not dressed for court in the, the way most people 
would think you dress for court or you know go see the senate he's or more dressed for court the way i think you dress for court right like i said he's he's opening up some paper that he had folded up in his back pocket and busted out i don't know if it's morning or afternoon i'll say both good morning and good afternoon my name is d snyder that's s-n-i-d-e-r i have been asked to come here to present my views on quote the subject of the content of certain sound recordings and suggestions that recording packages be labeled to provide a warning to prospective purchasers of sexually explicit or other potentially offensive content, unquote. Before I get into that, I'd like to tell the committee a little bit about myself. I'm 30 years old. I'm married. I have a three-year-old son. I was born and raised a Christian, and I still adhere to those principles. Believe it or not, I do not drink, I do not smoke, and I do not do drugs. He takes his I shades off. I do play in and write the songs for a rock and roll band named Twisted Sister that is classified as heavy metal. And I pride myself on writing songs that are consistent with my above-mentioned beliefs. There are many facets to this complex issue, and time does not permit me to address all of them. Uh, this is a lot of lead up. However, my feelings are expressed for the most part by the August 8, 1985 letter to the Parents Music Resource Center from Mr. Stanley Gordikoff, President of the Recording Industry Association of America. This letter was a formal response to the PMRC's petition of the RIAA. The only part of this document I do not support is Mr. Gordikoff's unnecessary and unfortunate decision to agree to a so-called generic label on some selected records. There we go. In my opinion, this should be retracted. Since I seem to be the only person addressing this committee today who has been a direct target of accusations from the presumably responsible PMRC, I would like to use this occasion to speak on a more personal note and show just how unfair the whole concept of lyrical interpretation and judgment can be. So, uh, the PMRC... Since I'm the only one who has standing in this court... Let me tell you what's up. So a couple of things that uh, folks might not know is the PMRC stands for Parental Music Resource Center. Uh, it is uh, a lobbying organization to try and get laws on the books to force uh, record companies to put labels on their music, explicit lyrics, not you know under 18 only, or over 18 only, stuff like that. Uh, and so that's where he's at. Also, it's uh, worthy of All note. All of which they now have. It's also worthy of note that the head and uh, fuel behind the PMRC is none other than Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore. And huh. This is early oh, on. Yes. This is early on in Al Gore's career and Tipper's career too. She was hardly you know, young surprising. Mother. So th- those that's kind of the background so, that you so need to know. This is this is like the the barest roots of political correctness as it grew into the awful tree of wokeness. Yeah. The PMRC was literally trying to blame heavy metal for kids committing suicide. So this ties in with our earlier conversation. There we go. So a little Kill bit, the fucking yeah, audience. A little, little bit more from D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. And how many times this can amount to little more than character assassination? I have taken the liberty of distributing to you material and lyrics pertaining to these accusations. There were three attacks in particular which I would like to address. Accusation number one. This attack was contained in an article written by Tipper Gore, 
which was given the form of a full page in my hometown newspaper on Long Island. In this article, Ms. Gore claimed that one of my songs, Under the Blade, had lyrics encouraging sadomasochism, bondage, and rape. The lyrics she quoted have absolutely nothing to do with these topics. On the contrary, the words in question are about surgery and the fear that it instills in people. Furthermore, the reader of this article is led to believe that the three lines she quotes go together in the song, when as you can see from reading the lyrics, the first two lines she cites are an edited phrase from the second verse, and the third line is a misquote of a line from the chorus. That the writer could misquote me is curious, since we make it a point to print all our lyrics on the inner sleeve of every album. It's one of the things I actually enjoyed about uh, Twisted Sister back in the day. Back in the day, you didn't have the internet. You couldn't just go look up lyrics whenever the fuck you wanted to. You actually, you know, when you purchased a thing, it either came with lyrics or it didn't. So the moment Nearly that I discovered liner did, notes though. was a literally transcendental experiment experience. I remember the exact moment that I first saw liner notes. Yeah. It was Propagandi's, uh, uh, I forget which one, uh, the, the one with the bull on the front of it. Anyway, um, and all of a sudden, like they had all of the, here is exactly how you are being manipulated. Yeah. Here is how religion is causing you to hate people. Yeah. Uh, the other thing. And just, I'd already figured out that there were, uh, inconsistencies, let's say to the point of being contradictions. Yeah. yeah. And now here's how this is being used to turn you into a horrible person. The other thing I want to mention to those who aren't familiar with why D Snyder was appearing in front of the Senate in the eighties, uh, behind his appearance, uh, at the Senate and sort of, I don't know what level of involvement, but I know that uh, he was key in making this happen was Frank Zappa of all people. Right now, Frank Zappa is a very sort of freedom of speech guy, freedoms in general. If you listen oh, to yeah. his lyrics and, you know, listen to his, uh, you know, when he gives speeches or uh, I believe he's written books and that kind of a thing. Zappa was a huge inspiration. So uh, Zappa is Two sort of Catholic behind. Girls. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, Arlo <laughs> Guthrie before him. Yeah. So a little more from D. Snyder. As the creator of Under the Blade, I can say categorically that the only sadomasochism, bondage, and rape in this song is in the mind of Ms. Gore. <laughs> Accusation number two. Pause the please. PMRC has made a public... And that is something that is absolutely true about art. Right. It's, it's the so, individual interpretation. Here's what happened. She heard a thing that went... And her brain brought up everything in the file that was labeled. Yep. Yeah, art that? is a place where we we project <laughs> the content of our own minds. I, I don't. That's why we fucking love art right. because we have all the shit that's inside of us that we can't make any sense of, and this gives us a place to to. Throw swaths of that. What was that See, sound that's again? That's not exclusive to Bow. art. Though. I mean, what like, no, uh, the electric guitar is a distinct noise, and there's a part of you that sounds like that. Go ahead, nobody. Yeah. That's that's not exclusive to art, though. What you see when you look at the world is a reflection not only of the world, but also of you. True, Correct, but... Yes. But the thing about art is that we don't understand it. 
We know that there's something there, and we don't completely get it. Well, okay, so art can well, be summed up. And that's the point, because and that's, if, it, if it speaks directly, then it's not the same kind of art. Right. Art, so art so part of the thing is that, that we can't just go around vomiting our unconscious on top of everything. We have work to do. So there's a place, though, where we're actually allowed to just vomit up pieces of our unconscious, mostly because we can't help ourselves. Well, art is just communication of emotion. Now, that's up to the interpretation of the consumer of the art, listening, watching, seeing, visualizing, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Uh, That is up to the consumer of the art. What one person puts down to pen and paper can be interpreted by 10 different people, 10 different ways, Mm -hmm. depending on them, their circumstances, their personalities, their upbringing, their age, all these variables. So one guy can look at a painting and go, oh, this brings me soothing peace. Another guy can be like, this seems violent as fuck. Right. Because it depends on the consumer. And in this particular respect, I, of course, agree with Dee Snyder that Tipper Gore's heard what she wanted to hear right what her brain told her to hear Mm -hmm. or how she interpreted the art yeah but then she misrepresented the content of the art in order to force other people to see it the same way she did and i love the idea of giving tipper gore a podcast please have a place where you can tell us everything that Listening to D. Snyder's music makes you think about. I will sit there and eat popcorn in the dark, <laughs> listening to Tipper Gore talk to me about what D. Snyder's makes her think. Music makes her think of. That sounds amazing. I will totally consume that. Just don't like you know put a gun to my head if you think I'm about to make that kind of music. How about maybe let us make art because it's. Literally the only alternative to violence. All right, let's hear just a little bit more. The PMRC has made, public, made public a Amen. list of 15 of what they feel are some of the most blatant songs lyrically. On this list is our song, We're Not Gonna Take It, upon which has been stowed a V rating indicating violent lyrical content. You'll note from the lyrics before you that there is absolutely no violence of any type, either sung about or implied anywhere in the song. Now... It strikes me that the PMRC may have confused our video presentation for this song with the meaning of the lyrics. It's no secret that videos often depict storylines completely unrelated to the lyrics of the song they accompany. The video for We're Not Gonna Take It was simply meant to be a cartoon with human actors playing variations on the Roadrunner Wild E. Coyote theme. Each stunt was selected from my extensive personal collection of cartoons. You'll note when you watch the entire video, that after each catastrophe our villain suffers through, in the next sequence he reappears unharmed by any previous attack. No worse for the wear. Pause. So, holy fucking shit. Yeah, like interpretation, man, right? Like, I mean, it was big with, with the kids who wanted to rebel against their parents, right? Like, Go figure that you know. those whose entire existence is tied up in creating violence saw Bam. the creation of violence when they looked at art. That is an astute Ooh. observation. Yeah. And he's like, no, I will tell you. And Jesus, H.W. Christ, how often do we get the opportunity for an artist to be like, look, I made this art that kind of wanted to be art, but nah, I'm going to tell you what I meant. 
here's what I meant. None of that. But but that and that's the problem with this here is that uh, the PMRC, Tipper Gore, and anybody involved with that organization, plus the government, like are trying to define art the way one person sees it, hmm. and instead of allowing others to interpret it for themselves, and just by public by publicizing their point of view they are affecting other people's interpretation of the art instead of allowing it to be interpreted freely without any sort of background without any, you know what i mean it's like the first well, time you ever hear a song if somebody tells you hey man i heard the greatest song and the lyrics are this and the bass lines like do 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 and then you go and listen to the song you already have a preconceived notion whereas if i just give you a recording of the song and say hey dude listen to this song you don't have any preconceived notion there's no influence you just listen to it for the first time fresh and you get to make your own interpretation so dave smith points out a question that we tend to ask pretty early on when we figure yeah, this I'm, shit out. I'm sorry, you're going to have to define Dave Smith. Because uh, Dave Smith, the libertarian name. comedian. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, so he, I'm just, I'm just accrediting the the insight. Okay, good. So really I don't know quickly how to after feel about him. So fine. Really quickly after you figure out a bit about what's going on, you start to ask the question: Who the fuck are these people? Yeah. Who the fuck? are these people and that right there gives you a real insight into who are these people because the the thing that makes art art in this way that we can't define is that it brings up a mirror to the observer yeah just like reality itself which is of course what it's trying to depict so when she tells you, here's what I saw, this is who these people are. Yeah, and... It's called projection. It is, and that's what D. Snyder's pointing out here. He's like, look, I can't pretend to be Tipper Gore, but I can take a guess as to why she thinks these things, uh, you know, these lyrics mean these things, because that's what she's interpreting the art as. She mm-hmm. is the one creating the image to go along with the words and music and so that is her personal, you know, call it mind video, if you will, mm-hmm. right, uh, to the song. And uh, not everybody's going to interpret it that way. Now, the real question is, Thank God. why is Tipper interpreting it that way? What does this say about Tipper? Right. That's, right. That when she hears something like this, she thinks of rape and like stabbings and like, you know, people killing themselves and violence. Mm-hmm. Right. Why is she thinking those things? Furthermore. Because she's involved with an organization petitioning the government to, for legislation regarding music. Right. What does that say about her as a violent person? She's petitioning to the organization who claims a monopoly on violence to do these things and force it upon everybody else. Mm. Well, and here's the thing. When you're vying for power, that's a creative endeavor. And when you're trying to gather up votes, you will make a thing that's kind of like art. And part of that is that you will really express yourself. And here's her really expressing herself. All right, we'll give, we'll give Dee one more uh, little segment here. By the way, I'm very pleased to note that the United Way of America has been granted a request to use portions of our We're Not Gonna Take It video in a program they are producing on the subject of the changing American family. They asked for it because of its, yeah, they asked for it because of its, quote, lighthearted way of talking about communicating with teenagers, unquote. That's... And 
That is literally how dare you? It is literally what the song did. The song was a hit because it communicated something to a whole bunch of teenagers simultaneously. You know, they all felt whatever they felt, right? But it communicated it very effectively. It was a very popular song at the time, and it did. It made fun of the family unit in a lighthearted way. You goofed off with a teenager. You made them giggle. Death. Yeah. Torture. Then death. It was very, like, it was a meme of, like, typical suburban family life. It was so sad that he submitted over uh, COVID. I know. I know. Dude literally you, you described what a cartoon is of, in court. Yeah. And we remember? have been stabbed in the back. Yeah. yeah. Music. Music. At two, Brute. <laughs> I do remember your parody, yes. We are going yeah. to take it. Yes. We're just going to take it. Yeah. Give we'll us like more. it or fake it. We're just going to take it like a whore. Or give us more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, the question becomes, these people who try to pass legislation to, you know, force other people to their way of thinking or their preference of, uh, you know, interpretation of art, uh, if they themselves are seeing violent images and then they're petitioning to do violence to other people to get their way, then I can only conclude that they themselves are violent. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be. Then who? Say it ain't so. I would love to, but I can't interpret it any other way based on the given information and my history with this. You know, uh, I you know this was big news to me when I was a kid. So this is one of the things that's come up about the the propagandemic, like oh well, no one could possibly have known. Yeah, no, the, you could. The amnesty that yeah. they're quote asking unquote for. Yeah, you could. No one could possibly have gotten this right, which is well, why the, the almighty thing. and all knowing government also got it wrong. The first and thing I, I'd a like teacher, if, must obey. Hmm? If. The first thing I'd like, if you're going to ask for amity, amnesty, is let's have a detailed accounting of what you think you got wrong. Because, yes. uh, please, you know, confession is good for the soul. Amen, brother. Like, let's talk about this. Right. And, and I, I would like to posit that you are the authority as an unblemished atheist. Who, me? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Like, there is a process for forgiveness. Yes. Now, I have all sorts of biases on what that is. And maybe I'm right and maybe I'm wrong, but like, so, a couple things I'm pretty sure we agree on. Okay. You notice where you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you say, I fucked up. Like, ah, shit, I fucked up. And then then you go... Fuck, sorry, dude. So why did I fuck up? Right. Here's why I fucked up. It's kind of... And wait, 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 nobody. Here's the last thing that needs to happen before I start thinking about forgive you. Apologize. The literal nature of the word. Logos, a pattern. Apo, from. You stop doing the fucking thing. Right. Then you apologize. Right, yeah. You don't say... You should forgive me for this mid-thrust of a rape. 
And yes, that's why we need the right to say rape on the radio. Because yeah. some points are real hard to express. Uh, uh, yes, all of that. Yes to all of that. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, now that being said, forgiveness is real fucking important. It is. Well, and so is redemption. But the other thing is uh, it, never cruel, never cowardly. And if you ever are, always make amends. Okay, well, so it sounds, like, it sounds like there's some people who might feel like, oh, shit, what I did was cruel and cowardly. And, and they're like, oh, sorry. Right? They, maybe that's kind of an apology. I don't know. But I can't accept an apology before they can articulate their cruelness and their cowardice. Right? And, they have to be self-aware of it. And the word amends has a specific meaning um, that's, that's used uh, in AA, which made direct amends to people I had harmed uh, when, whenever I could do so without injuring them or others. Uh, but making amends is not just saying you're sorry. Right. It's making it right. right. It's restoring for the damage that you caused. Right. Restoring or otherwise fixing, you know, if there was physical harm to a person or property, uh, you know, restoration, restitution, something along those lines. But it starts with acknowledging the thing they did wrong. You can't ask for forgiveness if you don't have the balls to say, oh, my God, this is what I did wrong. And for once, this isn't just yes. me being a dick. This is purposeful. That's so The rare. reason that there's a particular <laughs> recipe for forgiveness yeah. is so that we stop doing it. Yeah. This and, is something that's harming people. Let's not. And it's universal, too, right? Like, forgiveness works the same way in, in every culture, as near as I can tell, right? If you, if you follow those steps that we've outlined, generally speaking, that's going to work. Now, some people... Some cultures require seppuku. And some cultures, like you know, it's <laughs> it's 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 true. It's a uh, it's your choice. Like, Thank you for the acknowledgement. You always have the choice to not forgive a person for something or persons, right? Like it's totally up to you. If somebody does something that's unforgivable, then don't forgive them. You know, unforgivable. It, <laughs> that's that's what, what you are. You are. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are talking about my feelings of the FCC. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the FCC. Beard Talk Live, who the fuck, fuck is this? Fuck the FCC. Oh, good Lord, you finally picked me up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. We were having I a... think it feels like I've been hitchhiking past Fruitport. Uh, is that a euphemism? That was, that was, no, it was a very difficult, it was a place where nobody trusted you for some strange reason. Nobody hey, trusted me? Hey, what did Mary Magdalene say to Jesus? Oh, good Lord, you uh, finally picked wash, me up. May I wash your feet was what I was thinking. Oh, I was thinking of the first thing she said. Well, I guess one thing... What's the first thing that Eve said to Adam? Ooh, that's a hard one. And the bells clanged, and the cymbals clanged, and the pearly oh. gates opened. See, I thought, <laughs> I thought the first thing you said was, uh, stand back, Eve. I have no idea how big this thing gets. Well, the, the second one might have been, if you bite this open, I might share your seed. Okay. But enough about the third day of creation. <laughs> yes, please. Ooh. Oh, no, riding dragons and back in the whale's head and 
Okay. That's true. Right. That's one part that, honestly, here's a bit of what's wrong with the church. No entertainment. From time to time, there ought to be a pastor who goes, Great Wales! And the entire congregation laughs. Burn Wales? Great Wales. Because seriously, it comes out of nowhere in the text. No. Somewhere there ought to be some minister who says, Great Wales! And the entire congregation laughs. Because seriously, out of fucking nowhere. The great white whale was the biggest of them all. But the funniest... Racist. The funniest, <laughs> funniest name of the whale, I think, was probably the sperm whale and the humpback. I didn't know generals were so naval. Why is why is Major always talking about the humpback whale and the blowhole? What's... What's the deal here? I mean, I know he sounds like a pirate, but like, I'm pretty sure pirates didn't hunt whales, right? Oh, there, there was, was that. That is whale? historically inaccurate. Pirates hey, hunted whales. You know about the narwhal? That's where the, the there uh, are documented cases. Came from the is, was it a whale that's gnarly? The narwhal. Okay, so weirdly enough, if you can fucking believe it, there was a time when whales were oil. And yes, from time to time, if you find yourself in the wrong goddamn hemisphere because you had some spices to deliver, you might need to hunt yourself a whale so you can make this trip worth the while. Also, your men are hungry, and there's a lot of fat in them whales. You know, if you find a big enough ball of whale puke on the fucking shoreline, you can probably make yourself a millionaire. Yeah. No, a big enough pile, you can make yourself a millionaire. The basis of perfume. Mm-hmm. bat shit is the basis of mascara mm-hmm. that these girls want to put on their eyelids. It befuddles me. <laughs> I I was thinking about this the other day because uh, girls seem to obsess on, on their I mean, them hand. doing it or the mascara ones applied? Yeah, girls seem to obsess, uh, some girls seem to obsess on their eyelashes. You know, how thick they are, how dark they are, how long they are, that kind of thing. I have never once ever, ever heard this from a dude. Yeah, dude, she was, like, pretty great. You know, we got along great and everything. But, man, I just hated her eyelashes. It works the other way around. (laughs) It's it's never been a thing. No, no, So here's the thing. It's never been a thing. You don't notice. That's the point. Like, you don't know what it is about this girl, but damn. No, I know. Our sexual responses are mostly subconscious. Well, and like. I'm going to give that a thumbs down. Like, a lot of us like tits, but you don't talk about, hey, she had these giant fake tits. I've said that from time to time when it was true. I had a large. I've heard a story or two about a girl's eyelashes. No, no, no. Thank Guano. If I had a large. It's just not an ordinary thing. Grow marijuana pot, not put on. Oh, I have absolutely heard like uh, accusations of faggotry for a man having too big of eyelashes. Well, I've said this to him, and I've said, "I've said, wow, you have a very nice, full, round, firm-looking set of eyes." (laughs) No, because you don't touch someone's eyes. (laughs) I said, "Firm-looking." Yes. They looked firm. Right. They're round. Firm means you squeeze them. Round and large. Eyes are not meant to be squeezed. No, they look firm, as in they look at you firmly. That's not what that phrase means. It 
Depending on context, yes. No, there's Captain context you're missing is a lee. You. You're missing a lee. Firmly looking is proper grammar. Weird to talk about, but no, they didn't look I've, at you for. You're exactly talking about titties. You're talking about titties. I love titties, man. Who doesn't love titties? I'm gonna call titty talk when I hear titty talk. If when I use a word, it means exactly what I mean it to mean. I no it. more and no less. The question is, who is master? Um. The guy who wrote well, that came out of left field. Lewis Carroll. It's weird that you guys are like spinning like the joke into something that it it was just a joke, man. <laughs> I just Sometimes was looking for the opportunity to say titty, and I found it. This show is the opportunity you've been looking for. So if you want to say titty, 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 titty. Oh, one thing that no one talked about when there was a banking scandal. Teddy I bank. do believe the nipple has gotten too erect, and someone is going to put their eye out on that thing. Maybe that's what the big eyelashes are for—for for, you know, protecting your eye from you know titty protrusion. I don't know; it's hard to tell. Uh, TD Bank mm-hmm. is one of my favorite banks because whenever you drive by one, whenever I drive by one, anyway, and I see the sign, I go Titty Bank. Thank you. <laughs> I'm me. Thank you. No, it is not a place where, like, you know, there's vaults full of titties. <laughs> to be not, fair. Not, at least that I'm aware of. I don't know that I've actually no ever been in one. No one should have the power to bank titty. I don't know if I've ever like, been in one. You shouldn't collect them. Put them behind a vault. That's just treating all the titty improperly. <laughs> not what I one do does believe. with a natural supply of titty. I do believe this is just a thing from his memory. There are no milk trucks rolling in and out of this bank. Mm, okay. I, I'm just thinking about becoming a, a, a bank robber now. So this is the second time tonight that uh, the newest uh, Mad Max movie, I'm trying to remember, Furiosa, uh, There's a new one. Well, the newest one, the one that it's a couple years old now. Wait, wait, wait. I saw Fury Road. They made another Fury one? Road. Yeah, no, that's the one. Oh, that's the most recent one. But it's the second time tonight that I've thought of this. Damn. Movie. The first for time, one second, I was like, on. sequel. For the the first time was earlier during Free Talk Live when you talked about turning on and off the spigot of money, mm-hmm. right? And the vision of. Uh, you know, that big uh, sort of where they had the pipes sticking out of the big, tall rock formation and the main bad guy. Yeah, the main bad guy like turned on the water and all the all the peasants, all the poor people were down with like buckets and and plates and like anything that they could possibly catch water in because water the was most so... perfect visual description of the Cantillon effect I have ever seen. Right. And so then now uh, we were just talking about what are we talking about, Major? Turning on a spigot. Don't make my putting titties in vaults. I'll throw you off on the shore. I had something related to titties that brought up this movie as well, and I was oh dear god, going to vamp on it, but now I can't. At least, at least. I mean, they may have kept behind behind a closed dam the power to live, but at least they didn't put every single titty on the other side and just distribute those. My favorite word from that movie was gasoline. Gasoline, yeah. It's called gasoline. Remember the, the little white dudes that were on the wild springy thing? That's racist! Fire. Witness! Oh, 
That was some badass shit. Yeah. When I saw that movie, I'm like, I think I might have seen the greatest action movie ever. Now, I've since come down from that high, but, you know, it was really good. So here's here's why you had that high. The man who made this just collected crazy fuck cars his entire life. Yeah. And then, in that one movie, he spent every single one of them just destroying them in fiery, glorious automotive death. Only to have it live on forever. Mm. Right? So while the cars may have indeed been destroyed, they were filmed being destroyed and put into this movie, and this movie will go on and continue to live, you know, for probably when I'm long dead. Which is why, God willing, the market will give us a sequel. Because this must be done again. I saw cars in there from my history, and, and you guys know that I'm a lot it. older. I love them cars. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's a lot of these movies. The Dukes <laughs> of Hazzard. I loved first, those cars, oh. but there was nothing first quite like watching it with a man whose flamethrower was a guitar right. on top. Major and Peakless, you got to stop interrupting people. Sorry. No, uh, I'm telling you, the first car I ever had was a 1970 Charger. Uh, major. Broke my heart. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, Major, you brought up Guzzoline, and what came to mind was Bullet Farm, right? Bullet Farm. Bullet Farm. That's remember they were going to go. We got to go to Bullet Farm, and it implies that there's a place where bullets are grown. Oh ho 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 ho! This must be. The we sequel. shall gather I from the cartridge it. tree. No, Bullet Farm is mentioned uh, along with Guzzoline. Uh, and uh, in fact, when they take the detour, uh, they're on their way to the bullet farm, I believe, in the movie. Oh, I think I do recollect that. Yep, yep, yep. Wait, I, there was like a plot. I, said, I, I just, I just bought the sure? whole damn series ruins of uh, Mad Max, and uh, I only watched them once, so there might be a. Blank space, no, my recollection. No, it's fine. Uh, the the only two movies in that series that I really enjoy are uh, the second one, not the first one. The first one's named Mad Max, and the second one is called The Road Warrior, and that's the one, The Road Warrior. The next one is oh, Beyond yes. Thunderdome, which is only half good, and by that I mean the first half is good. The second half gets all like cheesy and South Park musical and yeah, they reached beyond their grasp for, for part of that second half. Yeah. That's fair. But like, what okay, next? I've literally never watched Road Warrior and stayed conscious the entire time. Oh, I have really? nodded off Dude, at some movie. point during every single attempt to view that movie. Like, learn pacing, motherfucker. That being said, I mean, I love cyberpunk. Love it. I dreadlocked my hair while watching Johnny Mnemonic and Hackers. I love me some cyberpunk. I didn't realize those qualify as cyberpunk. Are you kidding me? I mean, I guess I just don't know the definition of cyberpunk. Okay, because, like, like, those used to just be things. Movies, shows, right? Like, it was just stuff that was on. Nobody really had a cat. Like... I come from a time I'm when cap. I got no fucking clue what a cyberpunk is. Yeah, I, I come from a time when like there was just heavy metal and a whole bunch of shit fell under that that moniker. Now it's like, well, what of these three thousand varieties of metal do you mean? <laughs> right? Like it grew from like just one genre into like three thousand subgenres. That's just metal. 
right? So the same thing happened with like television. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> same thing happened with television and movies, right? Like all these genres like sprung out of, and that made cultural genres fork, if you will, and spring into mm-hmm. new things and become new labels and new titles, right? Just as it did when I was growing Heavy metal didn't exist before, you know, what, 1968 or something like that? Whenever Black Sabbath was like heavy metal, right? I'm pretty sure they were the godfathers of heavy metal, so. Well, the term goes back to Jimi Hendrix. Uh, described in Rolling Stone as dragging chains of heavy metal. Right. And everything got built on top of that, which, mm, good godfather for it. I I think 67, but I can't tag it to a a group. I'll I'll be generous to say 1960, right? Let's just say for a good round number, 1960, right? So that means it didn't exist for most of human history. Oh, yeah. Right? (laughs) Like, that's pretty new. Okay, the British invasion, the Beatles came in 63, didn't they? Yeah, but I, right. I would not call the Beatles heavy metal. Oh, the British fucking no, British? but they were prior to heavy metal. There was no pri- there was no heavy metal before the Beatles. Correct. Hold on, Major. When was the British invasion? Yeah, he's about right. Sixty three. Nice. All right. I have it from a a witness. Fact check. Right. Successful. Serious. Check. Yeah. Didn't cost us eight bucks. Yeah. So. Metal moved into every branch and genre that it could have, uh, including math metal, which is technically impossible to perform. Uh, You literally have to have a computer do it instead. If you're not paying uh, for your social media, it's not the product you are. Mm, Fact. One of my earliest recollections as a child and my sisters were, a, one of them was a year older than me, and one of them was a, two years older than me. And they went ape shit when Elvis Presley was on Ed Sullivan. Yeah. That is my, and they bleeped him out below the hips. Oh, yeah. Yep. He was Too sexual, those hips. They didn't want to show him thrusting away. Which, I have to think that that had the reverse effect. Like, you could oh, tell. You did. could tell the man was moving his hips from what showed up on the Ed Sullivan show. And I have to think that knowing he was moving his hips and not being allowed to watch the man's hips was more sensational than just showing the damn thing. Rock and roll. Okay, male hips do not qualify as sensational. You're not a woman. You don't count in the vote for da- for, for Elvis Presley's sexiness. Hmm. I mean, that's subjective. unless you're going to uh, announce that you are sexually attracted to Elvis Presley, no, I, uh, in which case uh, I'll bow to your superior knowledge. I, I think we're at the same. Uh, I mean, he's got avenue. a lot of money. I think we're at the same avenue as uh, what I'm impressed by him. I'm not attracted to him. I think we're at the same avenue there, as what there, the PMRC was at. Uh, hang on, Major. I think we're at the same avenue. It's interpretation. It's individual interpretation, right? Uh, somebody might interpret uh, the thrusting of hips while playing guitar and singing a song to be sexual innuendo. Mm. Some people may not. It's up to the individual to interpret whether that is sexy or not. Ask the hips. They don't lie. <laughs> the hips don't lie. Do hipsters <laughs> lie? I think, hips, I think hipsters lie, though. <laughs> hipsters lie. <laughs> All right, hang on. Let's let's bring Major back. Sorry, Major. You, I just wanted to make a statement. Go ahead, dude. Did you fiddle fuck me again with your fat fingers? <laughs> I helped because I kept interrupting. 
Well, you must you must be one of the what was that? Remember, you probably all don't remember. There was a commercial back in the seventies from Shake and Bake Chicken. It was like a powdered product that you could just dump your chicken oh, leg. Dude, I love Shake and Bake. And there was old hillbilly little girl. It's Shake and Bake and I help. So there you go. You shaked and baked and you helped. I'm helping. <laughs> I would just like to take a moment to recognize how nice it is to have you in first chair. Oh, thanks, man. I don't have to be the one being like, okay, that's too much interrupting. It's, it's fun being here with uh, nobody, a major, and you, of course, Peakless Mountaineer. This is uh, episode 12. Right? I think this is part of why people... A dozen. I mean, so when I well, say I'm, I'm against a government, I'm I don't mean that you can't have someone and you go, here, you take the keys. I mean, for example, a trip sitter is a great idea. You know, right now... I don't have to censor myself, and if I get a little too ornery, you just might silence me. No, uh, I, you know, I, I don't like having the power. <laughs> I'm a reluctant. Uh, I'm no. Uh, what's the word? Uh, monarch. <laughs> I'm a reluctant monarch here. I'm you're you're a reluctant governor. That's for sure. Uh, I don't. I don't mean to govern. You know, I mean to well, allow, right? Like that's the whole fucking point of Beard Talk Live is to be uncensored, so that we can speak and cuss and talk about shit that we can't talk about otherwise on Free Talk Live, right? Because we have to follow some rules. So, it, you know, this is a fork, if you will, of Free Talk Live, and that's why it's Beard Talk Live. Well, there's a flow to conversation, and sometimes we hush each other. You just use it technologically. Uh, I try to keep it going. The monarch. Monarch. In emergency. I'm not, I'm not taking that as a You're title. an emergency. Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 not a monarch over any of us. No, you have to have a key to be a monarch. Monarchy. But um bump. I see. Alright, did hey, you have any- you the key to the kingdom? Did you have anything else to add, Major? The golden sword. I don't know. What would you like me to? I I've got all it kinds. Sounds of like a no. It sounds like a no. Things to say. Yeah. Hey, major. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. And then there were three. <laughs> and then there were beards. Okay. So nobody. Uh, what was it you were telling me about, like Judge Napolitano's uh, uh, appreciation of a court case? Uh, well, it wasn't appreciation of a court case. We were talking about the Kennedy papers and how, how they're that? still covering up what really happened to Kennedy. I don't know what that was, but I know they're covering it up because they won't release the documents. Um, Government's like, yeah, nothing happened, but uh, we're also not going to provide you any evidence. (laughs) Well, I mean, what was it? Pfizer that just filed for, uh, we would like 80 years before we tell you what this was. Yeah, we will give you evidence that nothing happened, but we can't do that for... 75 years because that nothing is a matter of national security yeah whatever that um, means but uh what does national security even mean whatever the fuck they it say means it means keeping the the two parties that are sucking us dry uh in their monopoly on power and keeping the 60 percent of americans who hate both parties disenfranchised right it's a um, it's the old thing where you can replace the word national with government national security 
It's just government security. That's all it is. Hmm. When they yeah. say it's national security, what they mean is but it's for government security. security. Right. But it's for the organization known as government's security. They're not going to release it because people would be upset at what government did. Hmm. Yeah. And probably rightly so. But anyway, one of the things that I hoped Trump would do and he had indicated that he would do was to release uh, the Kennedy papers and end the cover-up. Um, he sure did promise that to his conspiratorial base. That. Um, it did not the, deliver. Uh, okay, the, uh, I noticed. So, so the, the answer is, you asked me about Napolitano. Uh, Napolitano asked Trump, uh, because he was solicited for suggestions of things that Trump should do, before leaving offices, office by Trump. And he said, you should release the Kennedy papers. And Trump said, I can't do that. Someday I'll tell you why. Oh, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Someday. Yeah. Well, it was, it was a fascinating exchange um, to me. You know, I'd, I would like to know what is in those and people say trump isn't a politician yeah now it may just be that they showed him the zabruder film taken from a different angle and said this is what will happen to you if you release those papers Mm -hmm. um you know they may have or yeah that's what actually fucking happened he knows Hey, I'm in this club, and they will totally murder me if I step over certain lines. But there are certain lines that we usually play by that I step over. And this is Mm -hmm. one of those lines that they will totally kill me if I step over. Oh, there's there's another set of things you can't do. Don't promise to kill the CIA, because if you promise to dismantle their agency brick by brick, you get your head exploded. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's just self-preservation lying. Yeah, and oh, politicians lying? Come on. Yeah. It never happens. No, it happens all the fucking time. It's what they do. It is what they do. It is the product that they deliver. They deliver lies. They deliver death. They deliver theft. They deliver murder. They deliver rape. They deliver all of the bad things. So here's something that he had no official reason to not fucking do. Free Julian Assange. Yeah. He's not an American. Stop prosecuting him as yeah. a an american traitor yeah what do you own the globe now is that it is that it united states is that um, what you do you own the globe just asking a question they police so it they that's claim. for sure team america world police while very funny was also an accurate description the united states believes they are the world police and must go traipsing around the world Preventing bad things in their mind from happening. And that's the thing. Assange didn't reveal anything you did. Or anything, weirdly enough, that your direct friends did. Yeah. So just fucking let him go. Well, and, and like nothing that WikiLeaks has ever put out has been successfully discredited. No. Like everything they've ever put out has been verified as accurate and truthful. They're literally the only complete <laughs> journalists. So, uh, yeah, uh, Julian Assange, in a 
in a real world where people valued the truth and journalism and, and allowed journalists to use their art uh, to help mankind maintain a balance because I believe it's a good idea for journalists to do that. You don't have to. You write about whatever you want. But, like, you know, you should be able to write the truth and not be prosecuted by the largest empire on planet Earth. Period. If there was a free press... That would have been the case. Well, there is. It's called the internet. However, uh, just no, no, no. You can publish whatever you want on the internet. It's true. That's not what free press means. That's press. There's a press. There's not a free press. I mean, are you not free to publish anything you want? I am not. On the internet? No. No? I am able, but I'm not free to. There's all manner of shit that I will go to jail for publishing. Well, okay, but you still like there's, there's some nothing things I will get only if it's true. Right. Yeah, there's there's some things I will get straight up murdered for publishing. Sure, but so you still I have am the not, ability to do. I something. am not at liberty to publish. I'm capable of it. Yeah. I am capable of indelibly publishing things. The technology has been established to throw things out there that can never go away. I guess you could spin off some newsletters on your home printer, right? Yeah. Does that mean I don't get put in a gulag for it? Nah. Rights. Don't make me laugh. Yeah, free speech is uh this you know it's it's in that same mm, I'll grant pickle. you rights. I'm a human being. We do that. It's in that same pickle. And we've talked a lot about freedom of speech. One of the reasons we do this show is specifically for that reason, because I as much as the three of us, nobody, Peakless, myself, as much as we do on Free Talk Live and, and in other parts of our lives to help you know, promote freedom or whatever, I don't feel like there's enough freedom-oriented media. And so here we are doing Beard Talk Live because, like, we need more. Like, uh, hopefully more people take up a Do you know what mantle. that would look like? Enough, free, enough freedom-oriented media would look like a world in which you saying the phrase freedom, freedom-oriented media would, would have, have no meaning. No meaning. Right. You mean it's media like they where they call talk? Chinese food, Chinese food in China. Right, they just call right. it food. That would be enough. Maybe we live to see that day, I don't know. Hopefully. Hmm. Hopefully. It's a realistic possibility. Yeah, until then, like, the whole bit about you only get the rights which you exercise. Yes. Here we are. We're exercising them right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. You know, the three of us, 12 episodes in, you know, whatever that equates to in, you know, weekly episodes or whatever, not to mention the years of Free Talk Live and that kind of a thing. Like, I recognize there's innumerable listeners that I have driven off of me forever by just starting out cussing their ear off. <laughs> but there's a reason that I do that. Because if I stop, they won't let any of us do it ever again. Yeah. Like, that's that's the world that was set up for me. If you stop exercising any freedom for one second, they will clip it off forever. Yeah. In, in a sense, uh, Free Talk Live, the radio program, is a bit of, uh, could be considered a bit of a uh, an indicator, a canary in the coal mine, if yeah. you will. Uh, of free speech because it's the only thing like it on terrestrial radio as far as a call-in freedom-oriented liberty-oriented program it's also a podcast and it's on some satellite whatever but like when that thing goes off the air 
because it is so unique, like that's going to mean something. Whether you know it or not, if you're listening to this right now, you know, that show goes off the air. It's going to mean something, right? It's going to mean that a, that a time has come, a time has passed where, where tyranny has really won when it comes to freedom of speech. Yeah. And uh, I hope to never see that day. Well, so a canary in the coal mine exists because it's the first thing to go. We're kind of more like a last bastion. Uh, okay. And I love the word bastion. It is. It sounds like bastard. You know, <laughs> I don't like my chuz to have a T, but I'll give pa- I'll give bastion a pass on that. Yeah, no, it's when we stop, we're done. Like when there is no longer an easily accessible thing yeah. that just some jagoff with a flip phone can call in and hey, I can info drop anything like when that's gone oh my god i just learned a thing i gotta call these guys right yeah like that is the that is what terrifies the rulers the most is truth being known by those who they intend to rule yes and if we lose the ability to tell the truth then we're done for like that is the end of life i'm i'm just uh i i have almost no faith in the general public's ability to discern truth, right? Because like, because I've been taken, I've been lied to and I bought it, right? Uh, I was, you know, I was a statist, right? I was like, oh, well, you know, the government says to do a thing, I guess you got to do it, right? You know, I just sort of bought it. If anything, I might have considered myself a uh, a constitutionalist, right? Because it was like, well... In religion, they like if you want to look, you know, if you have a question, a moral dilemma or something, you you look to the good book, right? You look it up in the book, right? And so mm-hmm. that's my knee jerk reaction to, or was my knee jerk reaction to government. Well, what does the Constitution or the Bill of Rights say about this particular subject? Nothing. Okay, well then you're free to do it. Oh, it says this, that, or the other thing. Okay, well then you know that's probably what you should do. Well, literally the last thing in it says, if we didn't mention it, you can do it. Right. And then I discovered that, well, none of that is true. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it all works at all. Uh, and in fact, uh, the organization known as government is responsible for a majority of all of humankind's uh, ilk, right? Well, uh, the, and that's like the step one of this is step one. Is ilk hey, the right there's actually a contract here. Let's look at that. Are you following that? No, by God, you're not. So how do you expect me to follow my side of this contract if you won't follow your... That's step one. It's impossible to enforce that even if it were a contract, which it's not. Now, eventually you get to a point where you're like, oh, wait a second. I didn't actually agree to that one anyway. Like, I probably would have, if you asked me while I was young enough, agreed to that contract. You know, if it meant what you told me it meant. But now I go, wait a second, you never even asked. Right. Like that, That's the part that got me. I'm like, wait a minute. I never, they never asked. Yeah. I was just subjected to this thing. I never gave my permission. I was just subjected to it. And I'm like, wait a minute. So was everybody else. And then I'm like, hey, everybody. And like, nope, like, not nobody, but you know, and that's, a bunch of people like, whatever. And that's part of perpetual childhood. Because an adult, you have to ask to have an agreement with. Right. But they want us to be perpetual children. Yes. We don't get a, a, a crossing over ceremony where we go, yes, 
The social contract, as it has been presented to me, is acceptable, and I will now carry out that agreement. Think about this. In the propagandemic, governments around the world literally grounded planet Earth. Yes. Well, not just that, but they also, while they were doing it, covered up the fact that they genetically, or the best evidence is, they genetically created... Yeah. The very plague that they grounded us for, maybe accidentally, maybe intentionally. True. Yep. Well, they intentionally genetically engineered it. The question is, did they intentionally release it? Yeah. Well, they certainly intentionally covered it up. Oh, yes. Near as I can tell. So that was no accident. And Twitter helped them do it. So uh, we're realizing that you're the only adult in the room. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, you were the one band on Earth that was playing that night. <laughs> the one so weird to band think on Earth playing a show. That seems... Not playing a festival, but, like, you were the... You mean we're the only adults? It seems Literally so everyone weird. else is just going to let the government ground them because that's their daddy? It It seems weird to, like, think about it in that context because, like, we were just trying to have fun, provide some entertainment to some people... And then later on, I was like, wait a minute, there were no other live shows going on that day that I'm aware of, right? I mean, I I, I looked, I took a cursory look. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure that at least in, you know, maybe the United States, we might have been the only live band playing in front of people that day. Like, there we were, doing things. And someone said very loudly, Simon says, stay home. Yep. And we weren't playing that game, so we just kept doing things. Right. And then we realize, holy shit, everyone's playing that game? That's the dumbest and worst game possible. But there aren't any grown-ups? Your owners said... Oh, fuck, there aren't any grown-ups. Yeah, your owners said... You're grounded. And yeah, the only grown-ups in the room were like, "Eh, we're going to go over here and do this anyway. Fuck. I mean... That that really describes the uh, the greater freedom movement here in New Hampshire that I keep referring to. Okay. Uh, well, I would like to encourage as many people as are willing to do so to grow the fuck up. Make your own decisions. Live your life. You know, respect property. Yeah, amen. Because, I mean, really, that's like that's the proof that you're a grown up. How do you know that someone's being immature? Because they're disrespectful of property. Like, oh, someone ran up and kicked me in the shin. Well, that's fucked up. They were two. Oh, all right. Yeah. The thing that bothers me the most about uh, the grounding of planet Earth by, by daddy governments all around the globe is that this is just the first try. That's what's disturbing to me. They are actually. Going to I think try this again. is the last try. Well, I hope so. No, I think this was. They let the mask fall a little bit too far. No pun intended. Well, so <laughs> part of why I wanted to talk about this article that's asking for amnesty. Yeah. Like, oh shit! Even the Atlantic realizes everybody saw it. Yeah. Everybody has seen behind the the veil yeah. on this one. Hopefully it tears it down. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. And they're saying, no, no, just uh, forget you saw that. Forget you saw that. You didn't. No, you didn't see that. 
Never mind. Don't pay attention to the man behind the curtain. Whatever that phrase is from The Wizard of Oz. Which is just such a profound admission that everyone saw behind the curtain. Yeah. Turns out you can't put genies back in bottles. Which, weirdly enough, brings me back to the topic of suicide. How so? So, the thing about forcing someone to live is that you are trapping their existence. Yes. And that was part of the thing that always horrified me about stories of genies. So you'd have a seal, and then this genie is trapped in that object, right. a lamp in the most famous story, right, right. forever. Well, until somebody lets him out. No, as long as that seal exists. Like, what if humans stop existing? Like... You are just in that thing forever. Yeah. Human beings stop existing. Genie's just stuck in the bottle. And to be trapped forever is literally the worst thing that I can imagine. Yeah. Permanent purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. To just be forever stuck. Some people feel like that in their day-to-day lives, I imagine. Right? You know? Uh, They get into the routine of the work, the job, the life, and the 2.5, or the one, however many They are also the jailer. So, I mean, in most cases where that happens, there's a reason you're doing that. I would like to And it's because you have other options and they suck. I would like to call call on people to recognize your jailer. Recognize who, you know, is keeping you imprisoned. Uh, It's, I mean, first of all, is it yourself, right? You got to ask yourself, am I keeping myself in, in a prison of some kind? Am I the reason that I'm stuck or am I the reason why, you know, I can't get out of whatever situation you're in? But then above that, you have to look at who else is preventing freedom from occurring. Mm-hmm. There's only one organization, really. Hmm. There's only one organization getting in the fucking way of freedom. Kue bono. Who benefits? Right. So... I know you're an atheist, but you appreciate mm. people's faith in their way. I might be closer to agnostic. But and sure. I will. Uh, fair enough. Gets a little wobbly. Yeah, I, I, I flip flop on that one from time to time. But the first commandment has something that people ignore. Okay. I am the Lord thy God who brings you out of Egypt. Everyone forgets that part. I've never been. So how can he bring me out? You will... What the fuck does that mean, right? Egypt is the word meaning slavery. Like, literally, they are synonyms in that language. Egypt means slavery. Slavery means Egypt. Nobody fact check? Does Egypt mean slavery? Nobody? I don't know. Okay. I thought it was a... I th- I thought it was a country in Africa, but you know, I also thought denial was a river in Egypt. Yeah, no, Egypt and bondage are synonyms in that language, hmm. and, and the the similarity between the two is throughout the Bible. Like, no, it's the same. It's the same concept, and, and that's the thing. It's it, that's the reference point. Their whole story about themselves is: we at this point were enslaved in Egypt. And then we had this thing happened, and that's who we are. This thing that happened, that's what we do. It would be weird if I was talking to like a girl and like trying to figure out what her kinks are, and she's like, "Well, I'm really into Egypt." <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's the difference between voluntary and involuntary bondage. And 
that's one of the things about the modern era. We we at least have enough respect for each other's bodily autonomy that when I say bondage, you actually think of voluntary bondage. Yeah. Because the bondage be, that I'm in that's involuntary, we don't talk about. It's so weird that humankind has been conditioned almost across the board in every, we'll call them civilized, most countries are civilized now, I guess, at this point. Uh that when when they think of terms like bondage or you know think that that it's the default isn't thinking about it voluntarily, mm. right? The default is thinking about how does government force somebody to do this for me, right? That's that and that that sucks. It's such a it's such <laughs> a flaw of the human mind. It's such a flaw of society in general that that people's thoughts immediately do not go to voluntary interaction. That should be the first place your mind goes mm-hmm. when it comes to interacting with human beings on planet Earth. There are so many words where that's perfectly true. Civility and law and even politics. Like the roots of all of this is uh, calling both being civil with one one another and enforcing your will with violence by the same word. Right. It... And that's a that's a flaw within humanity that I don't know that will be corrected anytime soon. Uh, the governments have have won the war of brainwashing. They have the numbers. You know, I think we have a sh- I, I think we have a shot at it. I think we have a shot of, at, at establishing a start here with the you know the folks in New Hampshire doing their thing. I think we no, have no, an no. opportunity. I mean, I mean, this was the first time they put us all in jail at once. And there is a real chance. That should have scared the fuck out of every human being on planet Earth. It fucking better. It fucking better. I don't think it did. I think it might have. I think it might have actually scared them so much they don't talk about it. And I think that's why this is being subtly put forward. Hey, no, no, let's go back to normal, right? We're totally going back to being under the yoke, right? That's the plan. No, We're it's too late no, for just that. back. To, no, we'll be we'll be civil with it each other. It was too late right? for that at the institution of uh, the TSA, and you know, when the whole nine eleven thing went down, and they had the the different terrorism alerts from green to red. Right? Remember the color chart? What's today's terrorist threat level? And you had to li- green. Is that better or worse than blue or yellow? And that goes back to nuclear war. They had the same kind of shit going on. What's the nuclear threat level today? You know, that kind of thing. So all government does is scare the fuck out of people. So you know the the poem that goes, uh, they came for the X, but I was not an X. Yep. Okay. That didn't happen for the first time. For the first time in human history, they came for all of us. That is accurate. That's never happened. Yeah. That's another reason why those events should scare the fuck out of every human being on planet Earth. Yeah. I can't imagine somebody... Like, some of us developed Stockholm Syndrome, and some of us didn't. But that doesn't change the fact that we all got abducted at once. Yeah. Grounded, if you will. Weirdly enough, even those of us on completely opposite sides of this idea... Yeah. We both got traumatized and abused simultaneously in the same way. They were all, go to your fucking room until we tell you to fucking come out. Yeah. it's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, around the globe. Still happening in China, by the way. And I mean, like... And some other places. Sure. Uh, I have siblings. Uh, my oldest sister was usually very quick to obey our parents, and it caused plenty of strife. Yeah. But 
the fact that we both had the same commands gave us a lot in common. And humanity has the first command in common. Now, some of us obeyed and some of us didn't. That command happened to be horrible. Yeah. But we've never been ordered to do something at the same time. Yeah, it is uh, the first time that I can think of that, I mean, government basically shut down planet Earth. Yeah. Or they tried real fucking hard, right? I mean, they didn't really succeed. Like, a bunch of things, you know, stayed open. There were still some avenues of, you know, shipping, receiving, and trade and things of that nature. Uh, But hopefully... It made everybody on planet Earth take a good hard look at how frail the system is, how easily you can lose access to the things you need to remain alive and, you know, make plans for when that happens. You know what would really give me a desire to give amnesty to the people who imposed this on us on our level? Mm. If they told us how much it hurt them. No, I don't. Think if it they did. said it was no, it did. It did. This left marks on their souls. Like they aren't used to being jailers. No, you're, you're not assuming, on this level. You're assuming they have souls. I'm not convinced. <sighs> I, I I am upset it's at up them, at, at, at the governments for having done this because uh, it's wrong. I mean, it's wrong on every level of it. And so in order for you to have carried these things out and told other people to do these things under threat. Of, of government action uh, is wrong in every sense of the word. And so uh, I'm a little short on forgiveness right now. I'm a little short on amnesty uh, because they won't even admit what the fuck they did. They're just saying, oh, please forgive us. I want you to tell me what you did. What exactly are you asking forgiveness for? If you can't articulate it, you don't deserve to be considered and that's to be a, forgiven. And that's a principle that I carry through every part of my life. Yeah. My friendships, my family. Yeah. If you apologize for to me, you better tell me for what. And don't give me some blanket statement. Yeah. Whatever I did, fuck you. Yeah. No one has ever been able to apologize for whatever they did. Yeah. That's not a thing. Yeah, you learned that in like grade school. I, I got into a fight with this kid. Uh, you know, we, you know, a little. We'll call it a fist fight. I don't know what you. You know, we, neither of us were schooled in how to fist fight. You know, we're in like I don't know fourth grade or something. And like, but, you know, we came together later on after we were separated and, I don't know, detained by teachers or whatever. Uh, we came back together on the playground. We're like, hey, dude, sorry, man. I got, yeah, I, me too. Sorry. And we became best fucking friends. Right. Right. So there has to be an avenue for that Redemption to happen at the adult is level. so powerful. Yeah. Redemption can bind us like nothing else. Uh. We are sadly out of time. However, uh, I planned on being back next week. Oh, yeah. Nobody? I'll be back. All right. Well, well uh, I'm gonna, um, final words? I got some music we'll take us out with. Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. Nobody? Final words? Um, I, my hmm. only regret is that I have but one life to give for my people. Yeah. I hear you on that. All right, nobody, have a good night. I'm going to take us out with uh, a song by Propane, P-R-O-P-A-I-N, New York Hardcore, at its finest. This song is called Foul Taste of Freedom. Thanks for listening to Beard Talk Live, episode number 12. Peace.